0: Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Shalakaya Chakshuran me Shri Guravenamaha Shri Chaitanyamano Bhishtam Stapitam yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamahyam Dadatisva Padanticam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri, Yutapadakamalam Kamalam Shri Gurun Vaishna Vamscha, Shri Rupam Sagra Jatam, Sahagana Raghunath Anmitam Thamsa Jeevam, Sadvaitam Savadhutam, Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam, Shri Radha Krishna Padan, Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishak Anmitam He Krishna Karuna Sindho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kantaradha Radha Kantanamostute Tapta Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanusute Devi Pranamame Hare Priye Vanchakalpatarubhyascha, Kripa Sindhubhyayavacha, Paditanam Pavanebhyo, Vaishnavaebhyo Namon Namaham, Nama Om Vishnupadaya, Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale, Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamini Namaste Saraswati Deve, Gauravani Pracharine, Nirvishesha Sunyavadi, PASCATYA DESHATARINE JAY SHRI KRISHNA CHETANYA PRABHUNITYANANANDA SHRI ADVAITTA GADADHAR SHRI VASADI GAURA BHAKTA HARE KRISHNA HARE KRISHNA 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 HARE 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 RAMA HARE RAMA 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 HARE HARE Thank you for coming on for this fifth episode of the Ritvik System of Initiations webinar series. And in today's um, series, first of all, welcome on board. Thank you very much for coming. <clears throat> and yes, so we have already questions coming in. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming in. And um, in today's episode, we will just try to conclude this whole matter, conclude in the sense This is just the beginning because to know know what is wrong is just maybe one-tenth of the whole process. Now we should know, of course we already know what is right now. Um, If if we have gone through all the four episodes, we would know from the perspective of truth. Remember the way we started this whole series that we are not concerned with first the opinions or the gossip or the opinions on the gossip all these layers that are you know under which the truth is actually buried and now that we have actually addressed the truth digging out all the layers of opinions (coughs) to know what actually is the truth what happened actually and what is happening now we can have the proper opinion because as living entities we are bound to have opinions Right, But opinion, like if you remember the Chaitanya Charitamrita, what is not um, correct is to have an opinion different from Krishna or an opinion different from the spiritual master. But an opinion which coincides with Krishna's opinion, uh, that is oneness, that is actual oneness. Advaitam, Advaitam means, of course the impersonalists say that, um, you know, we merge with the Supreme Lord, but the um, Vaishnavas, like for example, Ramanujacharya or um, Nimbarkacharya, Vishnu Swami, Madhvacharya, if you see the names of the philosophies, it is, is Vishishta Advaita, Shuddha Advaita, Kevala Advaita, Advaita, Advaita. So there is still Advaita there, Vishishta Advaita, Vishishta plus Advaita, that means qualitative oneness. Quantitative difference. Kevala Dvaita means simply oneness. That means again that is and so um, Dvaita Advaita, another is Dvaita Dvaita. That means um, dualism and oneness. And then um, what is that? Kevala Advaita Vishishta Dvaita Shuddha Dvaita, Suddha Advaita, pure oneness. Because the impersonalists oneness is not pure oneness, it is a mistaken oneness. So the Pure, real oneness is that we are, our desires should be one with the Lord. Like Krishna says, Sarvadharman parityajya you, uh, and Mamekam sharanam braja." Give up everything, all kinds of duties and surrender unto me. So that is Krishna's recommendation and if a devotee repeats that, <coughs> that, you know, surrender, I mean, give up everything and just surrender unto Krishna. So then that is oneness because his message, the devotee's message and Krishna's message are one and the same. And similarly, the spiritual master's opinion, if we see, you see, this is, um, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita Adilila chapter 12, verse 9 in the purport. Any opinion different from the opinion of the spiritual master is useless. It's not that any opinion is useless. So our opinions should be based on the truth, absolute truth. The knowledge given by Krishna, the knowledge given by the spiritual master. So it is not our personal opinion. It is what Krishna wants us to know, Krishna wants us to act upon. Just it's like um, in, the, in the Bhagavad Gita, there, is, um, there are two parties, Pandavas and Kauravas. So, to be on the Kauravas side is wrong. To be neutral is also wrong. Arjuna wanted to be neutral. We have to be on Krishna's side. Similarly, even in this case, in, in the case of Srila Prabhupada's movement, our, to be on the wrong side is wrong. Definitely, to to disobey his instruction is wrong and to be neutral about his instruction is also wrong because the disciples' duty is to execute the order of the spiritual master. Not that, um, oh, they are not following the order of the spiritual master, they are bad and then sit down and do nothing about it. No. Similarly, just just like Shri Prabhupada, when he saw that, you know, they were guru-bhogis and guru-tyagis, he did not simply stay and do nothing and then just criticize the Guru Bhogis and Guru Tyagis. He was a Guru Sevi. So he was not enjoying the property of the spiritual master, nor did he renounce the order of the spiritual master. Rather, he positively executed the order of the spiritual master, and that's where the success is. So, similarly, uh, we have to also understand that yes, so far we have understood what is right and what is wrong we have seen what Prabhupada's instructions are about initiations and about how this movement should be run in the future and we have seen uh, what the ISKCON is all about and what it is what is their understanding on the Guru Tattva and how are Gurus defined in ISKCON at the present moment. So of course uh, their laws were you know induced the laws induced laughter I mean with with the foolishness that was there but then it's not all a joke in fact what are, what are we laughing at? We are laughing at Prabhupada's movement. So, Prabhupada's movement should not be a laughing stock. So, this is where we have to be, take it very seriously. Um, of course, the persons who become offenders and you know become against the uh, order of the spiritual master, they will become a laughing stock. But, um, it is not our business just to laugh at them we will not gain anything from that uh, because we are not doing any positive service just by doing that. Positive service means, yes, now we have understood, now we have to act on the, now we have to form an opinion, an opinion, but based on the truth. Not simply some hearsay, some you know, vagueness. No, it, ha- it has to be based. Krishna says, we have to judge. <coughs> <coughs> Dvavu Bhuta Sargao <low-casman,"> he said. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. So, Dvav so, Bhuta Sarga Daiva Asura Evacham, Daiva there are two kinds of people in the world. One are the godly, one are the demoniac. And those who are Vishnubhakta's, Krishna Bhaktas, they are Daiva, godly. And those who are against him, they are demoniac. So, there is judgment involved here. Right? So, <laughs> Prabhupada said, this is a test tube. Um, we we will see whether you are, are you a devotee of Krishna? No, then you are a rascal. <laughs> In one lecture, he was telling like this. So, it's not about being non-judgmental. No, that, if you cannot judge, that means you don't know what is the truth, what is, it's just like a court. The judge is paid so much. Why? Because he has to judge. He has to study both sides. Uphayorapitrishtonthas. Svanayos means, this is actually from the second chapter, sixteenth verse of Bhagavad Gita. You see, Ubhayor api means both, both opinions, both sides. We have to see, study everything and then see, okay, what is actually the truth. So those who are seers of the truth have concluded that of the non-existent, the material body, there is no endurance and of the eternal, the soul, there is no change. This they have concluded by studying the nature of both. So it is not that they only studied one side of it. No, they studied both. So that's what we have done in this series. We have seen what the Prabhupada's instructions were and then we have seen what their arguments are and then we see the effect of disobeying those arguments and now we have to see what we have to do what we have to um, execute. It is not just a matter of criticizing them and criticizing them. (coughs) Because if we are just um, involved in such criticism and without doing any positive work, that will not do any good. In fact, by meditating on their faults, we ourselves will imbibe those faults. As we sangat sanjayate kamaha, according to our association, we develop our qualities. So if we associate or simply seeing that, okay, this guru is doing this mistake, that guru is doing that mistake, and he fell down like this, he fell down like this, and if that is the only subject of our contemplation, then we are filling our mind with these things. Of course, it is important to know what is the fact, what is the truth, but then we have to move on to further things, to actually do what is necessary. And that is what is explained in the the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 4, chapter, what, 28, wait, let me see, I think so, 54 is it, mm. I may be guessing here, let me see, <coughs> no, not this, wait a second, eight forty eight. 48, sorry, yeah. So here, the Acharya, the authorized representative of the supreme law establishes these principles but when, but when he disappears, things once again become disordered. The perfect disciples of the Acharya try to relieve the situation by sincerely following the instructions of the spiritual master. So this sincerely following the instructions of the spiritual master is the real deal, is is the place where the real thing happens. (coughs) Uh, It is not about, you know, um, just knowing what is correct and what is wrong. So now, Guru Sevi, just like Srila Prabhupada has carried out the order of his spiritual master. Now we have to carry out our order and that's where the majority of the work is there. So we are not, it's not that we are just halfway through by understanding what is right and what is wrong, but we are just maybe one tenth of the way. It's because initiation is just the beginning. After that, the whole movement has to be based on that. So, there is immense work to do, because the whole world, we, Prabhupada's movement, what is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's prediction? Every town and village of the planet, his name has to be spread and the Sankirtan movement, based on the pure principles of the Acharya, has to be spread. And Srila Prabhupada has set up the foundation, but the work is far from being done. He could have done, as we have already discussed yesterday, he could have done everything, but he left it for us, so that we have service to do. Now is the time that we have to take up that service and um, dedicate our lives for that purpose, and that is very essential. Just a second, so what, how have we taken up this process and what we need to do? So first thing is, since we now know that we uh, this whole um, ISKCON situation is based on a false platform and on a platform of disobedience to the Acharya and to the Parampara system and therefore to Krishna himself. Now we need to, for those who are um, associated with um, ISKCON in some way, we need to slowly or as quickly as possible actually, disassociate ourselves and keep ourselves in the association of right-minded uh, devotees. So that is the first thing, how to disassociate ourselves from that association. and. Wait a second. I do not know. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh huh. Presentation. Okay, I didn't know this. There was a presentation. Uh, we can go without that screen. Okay. Alright, even that is alright or maybe that is small isn't it let's go to presentation style mm-hmm. that's a that's a cool little feature i just learned but you know what that is extending the window but i think that's how it will work all right so chapter three sastric study of deviation actually we kind of done this So, we will not repeat the things that we have already done, but we will see those things. As you see, anyone who disobeys the order of the spiritual master immediately becomes useless. So, that is important. We have studied through all this. Now, the psychology of deviation. This is something um, we need to understand. The psychology of deviation, just a second. I hope you can see that, just let me know in the comments, if you can easily see that text on the side, I just moved it a little little bit out of the way, so that Okay. So the psychology of deviation, how these deviations happen, why these deviations happen is also important to understand, because we need to know how not to replicate such a psychology. because they are, ok, they can read it, ok, good, thank you, <laughs> so so that we don't repeat this again. Shala Prabhupada said that, let us not mistake, uh, repeat the mistake of that happened in um, Gaudiya Math and but the same thing happened, why? Because there was no careful um, what is that, consideration of those principles which actually led to the deviation and if you see how it happened, right after Srila Prabhupada's um, physical disappearance, there was no complete database of books. Um, the understanding of the disciples of the philosoph- I mean, the understanding of philosophy by the disciples just depended on how much time they actually spent reading the books and also from whom they heard. And the devotees who would speak on the subjects, they were themselves, I mean, not not completely well versed with all that Srila Prabhupada wanted, like what we have now, this Veda base and all these tools, were not there in 1978. And so they could not immediately take out which verse you know, whenever they wanted, you know, and then showed to people it was not there. And they actually couldn't figure out the whole problem with this guru system. They thought it was what Prabhupada wanted. And Because only a very select few had actually access to Srila Prabhupada personally in those days. So they knew and they could manipulate and that's what happened. Damal Krishna Goswami was the one who was the mastermind behind his entire guru hoax system in his con. So he's the one who started. In fact, that video that you saw yesterday of Jayadvaita Swami um, speaking against chanting the... Prabhupada Pranati Mantra, Pranam Mantra, which is Namam Vishnupada Krishna Prishtaya, and also Jaya Prabhupada, Jaya Prabhupada. He spoke against that. He, in the beginning, he was not buying into this whole um, story. When Tamal Krishna Goswami um, showed the Jalanant letter, and Jayadwata Swami saw it, he, he, he said, But this letter doesn't say that you know there's any gurus in this. So, but then Sri Tamal Krishna Goswami, of course, override, overrode all the opinions of the other devotees. And they said, no, 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 I was there with Prabhupada, no, this is what he meant. And that's it. That's how the whole thing started. And then they also started to believe this whole thing. And the whole <coughs> deviation happened like that. So in this way, the select few who were there with Prabhupada, they could manipulate. But now, by Prabhupada's grace, by Krishna's grace, by the hard work of devotees, who have put in their time and effort <coughs> to record, to transcribe, Everything that Srila Prabhupada had said in his conversations and uh, in his lectures and his books and those who compiled everything, the evidence. <coughs> we are deeply indebted to the service of all, uh, to all such devotees who have rendered such valuable service. And today, <coughs> because of all that, we can sit and study the whole situation from the Shastri point of view. So that's the reason why it went astray, the whole movement went astray because that was everybody, even, I mean the whole movement was growing growing so fast, so fast, but Prabhupada wanted the depth, he did not want to just spread far and wide, he also wanted to go deep, he wanted the devotees to go deep, at one point in time in 1976, he said it's time to boil the milk and to cook it down, what does he mean by that? He meant that we are making so many devotees but then those devotees have to be trained properly like for example those devotees if you see the gurus and mostly um, most of the gurus and senior devotees in ISKCON they have been with Prabhupada and they were personally trained by Prabhupada and even if they deviated and everything i mean they stayed on in the movement but we see so many devotees who come and go and come and go, they they don't stay for very long. Because, Prabhupada trained those devotees, you know, with personal instructions, even in the beginning of the movement when he had nobody with him. And then he spent time with every single one of them, you know, cooking with them and teaching them how to cook, teaching them every single aspect of devotional service, being with them. I mean, that close association of pure devotee definitely had its effect. And that's why, um, this, the, those who were like that, they could, did not leave so easily. Uh, of course, they went on the other side, they went you know, on, on Guru Bhogi and Guru Tyagi way. But then, they should have been more um, grateful and then served as a disciple properly. But then, you know, these things happen. Whatever happened has happened. It's not that we forget the past. That's again not, we should take lessons from the past. Whatever past is past, yes, it happened, we cannot change it. But it is not that we should not dwell on it. We should dwell on it and understand what was wrong. And then we should also understand why they went wrong. Not just to understand what went wrong, but why these things went wrong. Because once we get to that state, understanding why they actually went wrong, then we can see um, when to... Uh, or how to stop even the because those were manifestations of imperfect thinking and imperfect attitudes and then it resulted as imperfect actions and and then imperfect results and imperfect catastrophes I mean catastrophes are always imperfect but you know this is what it went so we need to address the problem at its root so we need to understand the root we can we can see a tree only from the trunk and the leaves and but what is keeping this whole thing intact is the, actually the roots so if we know the root of the problem then yes so that's why it is important to understand the psychology of deviation and that is explained in chaitanya charitamrita why these things happen in the first place nishiddha achara kutinati jeevahimsana labha puja, pratisthaadi jata upashakha gan chaitanya charitamrita madhyalila Chapter 19, text 159. So, here Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explains, some unnecessary creepers going with, growing with the Bhakti creeper are the creepers of behaviour unacceptable for those trying to attain perfection, diplomatic behaviour, animal killing, jiva himsana The jiva himsana animal killing is one thing, and also there is, in fact, Jiva Himsa is, is even even more broadly defined by Śrīla Prabhupāda in other places. We will go through that. Animal killing, mundane profiteering, mundane adoration and mundane importance, all these are unwanted creepers. So, what is this creeper and what is, this, what is happening? So, this chapter of Madhiliila, 19th chapter, is where Śrī Chaitanya Mahāprabhu is explaining how a devotee should cultivate his devotional service just as he would take care of a nice garden just as a gardener would take care of an, his nice garden we have to be very careful when we are when we are a gardener how carefully we have to take care of the plant the creeper so that it is grown properly is growing properly so there are so many things that need attention it's not just like you water you pour water and the sunlight anyway comes by its own accord and the soil is already there and it will happen everything will happen by its own accord no you still that is a forest what will happen then is a forest what is the difference between agriculture or gardening compared to a forest a forest there is no rules anything can grow whatever like the the what is that survival of the fittest that is what goes on in the forest no matter what is right and what is wrong, whoever is more powerful, he will win. That's it. That's forest. But if you are talking about gardening or agriculture, then first of all, there is a aim. There is a name. Like a farmer, he wants to grow, suppose, tomatoes, let's say. So for tomatoes, there is a particular atmospheric condition that is needed, that much amount of water, that much amount of um, whatever manure and sunlight and soil and whatever and what are the insects or the pests that would probably harm that plant and what are the weeds that might grow along with the tomato plant and what might jeopardize that aim. So there is a particular aim when it comes to gardening or um, agriculture that 's why it 's called agri agriculture when we speak about culture, there has to be an aim without aim there is no culture it 's not culture it 's forest it 's just wild that 's why it is called wild why we call it wild because everything just grows wild i mean there is no there's no rules just whoever power is just a power struggle and whoever is more powerful he will just just like a lion he would just he 's called the king of the forest because he 's just the most powerful it 's not that he is the most Morally upright or something like that It is just because he is most powerful and that's Pretty much the situation in Kali Yuga. Whoever has more power in, in Kali Yuga the power is money So whoever has more money, he is the king. You know, he is the first world country or he is the elite He is the he gets the first class ticket in the airplane. Everything is just money the power So that's actually not culture that is wild, wildlife. That is a wildlife, so culture means we have to have an aim, so the aim is Krishna consciousness, the highest aim. everybody has their aim some like some people have their own aim, they have created their own aim that is just like a wildlife aim, just like a like a lion has an aim of you know um i need to I need to hunt that deer down, I need to hunt that zebra down, or the pest, the pest its aim is how to spoil not how to spoil this plant actually. Oh, this is food for me. I need to eat that. So everybody has these aims. Everybody has an aim. Even an animal has an aim. But is it the shreya, the, the ultimate um, aim of living entity? That can only be understood in human form of life. And in human form of life, we know from the scriptures now, from by the grace of Sri Prabhupada, that the ultimate aim of human life is to become Krishna conscious. Devotee of Krishna and surrender to Him. And once we come to that, there is even more finer detail. Even after understanding it, we can still go into wildlife. If we especially do not take care of this whole process in its proper manner, then again we will be cultivating wildlife. Like Hatimata. Hatimata means mad elephant offense. The offense, the Vaishnava prad. The offense to Vaishnavas is mad elephant offense. If if you are if you are a gardener and if a mad elephant, absolutely mad elephant, comes into the garden, what will happen to the garden? Completely destroyed and mayhem. It will cause a mayhem. So that's what um, is Hatimata. The while I mean the mad elephant offense and not just any Vaishnava but Srila Prabhupada who is the Param Vaishnava, who is the greatest Vaishnava that ever lived on the planet especially in Kali Yuga. I mean, to preach to the whole world in a time when God Consciousness is um, condemned in this Kali Yuga is a mammoth, is an unbelievable task, unbelievable achievement. So, There is no uh, end to the glory of Srila Prabhupada. So, to offend him is the greatest disservice we can do to ourselves and to the rest of the world. The only saving grace for the whole world is Srila Prabhupada's movement. Period. I mean, there is no, we can be, we can have politically correct statements to the rest of the ideologists of this world saying that, yeah, everything is all right, you know, you add Krishna consciousness to it. But to actually speak the truth, other than Srila Prabhupada's movement, there is no hope for this world. And if the Prabhupada's movement is not conducted properly, then the whole hope for the world that is there is completely undone. It, it's completely... Of course, cannot be undone. I mean, Krishna's plan will work. It's just whether we want to be part of the plan and be blessed. Just like Krishna has already said to Arjuna. <clears throat> Arjuna, I'm trying to convince you here to fight. But don't think that I am doing so because I depend on you. I am convincing you as if I am dependent on you to execute, I mean to kill these Kauravas. But don't think that without you, I will not be able to achieve my plan. My plan will work, nevertheless. Why should I spend so much time convincing you? Nimitta matram bhavasavya sachin become an instrument in my plan and be blessed in that way. So that is our only reason. Why there are so many demigods to govern different aspects of the universal management? Don't you think that Krishna can manage, cannot manage, don't you think Krishna can, um, can manage uh, all the universal affairs alone? Uh, he can. And not only Krishna can do it, even when Hiranyakashipu came, He managed the entire affairs of the universe without the help of the demigods, single-handedly. A pure devotee of Krishna, of course, who was cursed, even a cursed pure devotee of Krishna could manage the affairs of the entire universe alone, without the help of the demigods. So, why can't Krishna, I mean, Krishna by his breathing, he is bringing out and destroying universes. So, never should we think that, you know, we are the... um, (laughs) You know the the real deal. No, we're never the real deal. The real deal is always Krishna and his pure devotees. What appears as though that uh, there is need, that is actually Krishna's um, Krishna's um, mercy on us. That he has just like the deity, the deity of Krishna, or so, so, let's take the whole the same example like the demigods, the demigods manage different affairs of the universal creation, not because Krishna needed their support, but because they wanted to serve Krishna. But then again, they also had this tendency to become like a controller. So, yes, okay, they are given a controlling position. At the same time, they are given the point of, I mean, the the, the facility for serving Krishna. So, Krishna gave them the chance to serve Him. Just like um, Devaki Vasudev. They prayed in their previous life to Krishna, that we want you as our son. We want a son like you. Lord Vishnu, I mean, they they did their austerities for 12,000 years. And Krishna actually said, that all right, there is no son like me. There is no one like me. So I will myself become your son. So in that way, for three lives, you know, he became their son. And Vasudevan Devaki is one of those lives. So because they wanted to serve him as parents, he accepted all right. Not that he needed them, he doesn't need anybody, he is Swarad. So that is something we have to always understand. And um, it is for our own benefit that Krishna has come, it is for our own benefit that Srila Prabhupada has come and it is for our own benefit that we serve Srila Prabhupada um, to the furthest extent possible. And that's basic gratefulness even. Our, this life we have to give for the service of Śrīla Prabhupāda. And so, coming back to the point of this Nishiddhāchāra is Upashākha. So, this garden of uh, the Bhakti Lata, the creeper of devotional service. So, this culture, we, have, we need to, the aim is to keep that creeper growing and growing and flourishing. That is the whole aim of this gardener, who we all have to be. We all are gardeners of our own creepers of devotion. So, we need to take care that the pests don't come. We need to take care that the weeds don't overpower. We need to take care of all the conditions so that the creeper of devotional service is not hampered. The growth of that creeper is not hampered. So, this chapter of the 19th chapter of Madhila is such an instructive chapter by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wherein he... Uh, very nicely describes this whole creeper and how we should take care of it and as he is, the watering of the creeper is the hearing and chanting of about Krishna. If we don't do that, we are drying it up, actually that's a fact. When we don't hear, when we don't read Prabhupada's books, when we don't keep association with devotees, you know what will happen is, we are drying up, even though we may do service, other services. But because our mind is dwelling on other things, because as long as it doesn't dwell on Krishna, it will dwell on other things. And other things means Maya. There are only two things, Krishna and Maya. Krishna Surya Sama Maya Andhakar Jahan Krishna Tahan Nahi Maya Radhikar So, Krishna is like the sun, Maya is like the darkness. The Darkness is just the shadow. And it's just right following every single thing. If we face the sun, we face light. We face the other side, we face darkness, the shadow. So um, there are only two things. So we have to be very careful not to think of any other thing. So we need to constantly hear about Krishna, constantly hear about Krishna. So that just like advertising. The more you hear about something, the more you think it is true. That's actually how things are propagated in this world. It is not about logic. Many things, if you see, if you actually study, there has been no logic in acceptance of those things like for example who is our father we, we talk about logic and stuff but when it comes to actually accepting the way we accept if we do study how we accept in fact it is also a marketing study i mean not marketing study it's a study which we need to know in order to know marketing you know even in marketing and advertising it is said that people buy not because of logic they buy because of their emotional uh, interest in that and then they justify their decision using logic even if it is a plane even if it's such big big things it actually goes on emotions as much as we would like it to do like to do it on the platform of logic we in, inherently don't do it on the platform so why i'm telling this because the truth it's very logical. I mean it's it's very it's just there. I mean the truth and falsity both are there. But why people accept a falsity? Because that's what they were fed. That's what they were fed with. So if you repeat a lie a hundred times, people will believe it as true. Because that's that's the only thing they have been hearing. So we need to. So when Sri Chaitanya uh, Mahaprabhu said that. Everyone, every town and village of the world will chant my name. When he said that, to come to that platform, that means it has to become a household word. Like when it was, when Praishila Prabhupada was around. The Hare Krishna's were unstoppable. I mean, everywhere they were. So much so that they became part of the culture of I mean the the um, the zeitgeist of that time, you know, zeitgeist means, they became a part of that scene of the 70s, you know, even in movies, 70s, 80s, in movies also they were featured, because it is just part of the part of life, it became, they became part of life for others, even though they were not devotees, they became like a part of that whole scene of that time, of that era, in the 70s, they were everywhere, in the news, in the in the newspapers, and the news channels and Prabhupada came on TV as well and you know for sometimes you know <laughs> for um, not exactly wrong reasons any publicity is good publicity as they say. So sometimes they were arrest- arrested and then they went into court they went into some controversies like you know the deprogramming you know controversy where some of the parents they they filed a I think a class action lawsuit I think against ISKCON for, uh, um, for brainwashing the youngsters into coming into this movement, so they met through, they went through all these things, so they gained a lot of publicity, a lot of publicity, and Prabhupada was so happy. Whenever Krishna's name was spread like this, and of course there are people who will take it favorably and people who will take it unfavorably, but as long as they took it, it made Prabhupada happy. <laughs> like. Once he said, um, uh, Prabhupada, the neighbors are complaining that, you know, because our temple is here, um, the chanting that we do, you know, they they are disturbed by the the sound, you know, so much noise of the chanting and they complain to the authorities. Oh, oh, that means our movement is successful, Prabhupada said, (laughs) because they heard it. If they complained about it, means they heard it. And that's what we, we want. They need to hear it. Because that Hare Krishna going into their ears, that is success. So we need to be heard. We are not exactly, of course, we should conduct uh, as intelligently as possible. But then any publicity is good publicity for Krishna consciousness. So we need to um, make ourselves heard. And similarly, we need to hear first. To make ourselves heard, we have to be so strong to fight the influence of Maya. And for that, where do we get the strength? Sri so Prabhupada said, by following the morning program, by being in the mode of goodness. That's why this morning program is such an indispensable uh, thing. And we very much stress it in our ISKM especially. We cannot do away with the morning program. We, if we just wake up after sunrise and we don't have a Mangala Arati, we don't have a you know uh, proper chanting and taking only Krishna Prasadam, if we don't follow these things, There's no way we can become strong. So that was the case in Prabhupada's time. You know, everybody was just, you know, following everything. Of course, there were were things happening even when Prabhupada was there. Prabhupada was managing everything. But then the faith that they had in Prabhupada, that moved the movement. It was not that they were very sastrically, scripturally very sound in their understanding. No, they were not. Prabhupada just trained them up for a few months and then sent them out. And they opened temples and they opened... How did they do it? by unflinching faith in Srila Prabhupada, that's what we need to get to. But of course, because, and it is not that we should do it without knowledge, we should do it, that's why Prabhupada so much stressed, read my books, read my books, I'm, I'm taking so much pain and trouble, of course for him it is not pain and trouble, it is ecstasy for him to translate books, that is the service to Krishna, but how much inconvenience he took. In the night he was translating, even though despite his um, you know deteriorating health, he you know he was translating he despite his travels he was translating and mind you he was 70 plus. You know how much energy you will have in your body when you're seventy plus. But he was more energetic than his his twenty plus devotees, twenty plus year old devotees. He was thrice their age. And <clears throat> in fact they couldn't keep up with the speed of printing. He was translating double the speed of their printing. They could not keep up the speed. Prabhupada was so fast, and you know, and how he did all this, why he did all this, because he wanted his devotees to read and read scrutinizingly, and he wanted to learn and wanted us to learn shlokas, wanted us to learn the whole. I have we have I don't know if you have joined us in our shloka learning course just prior to this Ritvik series, in that. We have presented so many of Srila Prabhupada's quotations and on how, how he wanted us to learn everything, shlokas and you know, get ourselves very in depth with the philosophy. Apart from our, it's not that only philosophy and then we don't do anything else, we should do everything else. But then we have to also dive down deep into our philosophy. So he wanted us our, our movement to go deep as well, not just, not just far and wide and then shallow. We have to go deep and far and wide. So otherwise, we will not be able to sustain it. Boil the milk, Prabhupada said 1976. Boil the milk. Make now, train the devotees. In fact, at one point he said, stop the preaching. Train the devotees. Because the devotees were not becoming solid. The training is not solid for the devotees. Therefore, this is one of our attempts at ISKM that we want to make it solid. That's the ex- exact reason why we did the whole Strengthening Foundation series, the Nectar of Instruction, which are the base of the, our movement which are the base of our movement, the foundation of our movement. If we don't do this, if we don't follow all these things properly, we can't grow. We can't grow. We just can't grow on sentiment. Yes, let's do it for Prabhupada. You know, we won't sustain it. We can't sustain it. Because if we don't have a proper sadhana for ourselves personally, and proper cooperation, proper mood between Vaishnavas, we will not be able to sustain it. So that's why this psychology of deviation and the psychology of non-deviation, we need to understand and that is this Nishiddhachara, unnecessary creepers that grow along with the Bhakti creeper. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is giving us, the what are the weeds, what are the pests that will come and attack this. Everything, he is giving the entire information of gardening, information about the creeper of Bhakti. So we just need to know all these things and what can cause harm and what will not. And what will help the creeper to grow? So when we have all the information, we can be very, very careful. We can strategize very carefully. So a farmer is as much a strategist, or a gardener is as much a strategist as a, as a uh, commander-in-chief of an army. So he need to strategize. What are the enemies, and how we can grow our, this thing, everything. So that is culture. That is culture. That is our Krishna conscious culture. So to grow the bhakti creeper. So now, nisidha the behavior. Unacceptable for those trying to attain perfection. That means breaking the four principles and offending Vaishnavas, the ten offenses that we read every day in the morning, and other offenses. All these are explained in the nectar of devotion. So these have to be understood in depth. Uh, so all these things we need to, so all the things that we need to avoid doing our behavior wise. Most of the problem is with us. It's not just anywhere else. It's with us. And then Nishidha. And if we have these faults, even though we may know the truth, we will still become offensive. Even though now we know the truth of about initiations and all that. Still we can become offensive. Still we can go astray. Because if we offend Vaishnavas, if we offend those who are trying to pre- preach, and if we don't follow these things properly, the rules and regulations, we can't be part of this This. Krishna's army or Prabhupada's army. Mm. So, Nishiddhachara, Kutinati, Kutinati means diplomatic behavior, you know, like duplicity, like, um, uh, what what I would say is, um, behaving in one way, but thinking in another way, like, you know, and then, um, in front, just be nice, but in the, at behind just try to backstab. So these kind of duplicitous behavior, cheating behavior, It's not uh, will not help us. Kutinati, diplomatic behavior, animal killing, jiva himsana. Jiva himsana, violence. Actually himsa means violence. Himsana means violence. So killing animals is of course violence. But also Shri Prabhupada Gave us even wider explanations of what is Jiva Himsa from the Acharyas. Not preaching Krishna consciousness is actually Jiva Himsa. Violence means to let somebody suffer. And if somebody is suffering, not going to help him, that is also violence. And we have to understand that all sufferings in this world are only due to lack of Krishna consciousness. So, if we don't preach Krishna Consciousness, we are committing violence because we are letting the people suffer. Now, if we preach Krishna Consciousness, if somebody is um, not so happy with us preaching, that is still alright. At least we preached, we tried our best to help. So, that's alright. But if we don't even try preaching, that is even worse than trying preaching and then upsetting someone. Because, let's be honest, some people will be upset, some people will not be happy by preaching. So, we just can't do anything about it, right? So, that is alright, as long as we attempted to preach. Even if we don't do it right in the first place. You know, in the beginning, as Prabhupada said, there will be many devotees. They may not be very well versed with the scriptures. They may be defeated by in, arg- in argument by some materialist in the course of preaching. Or they may defeat him, or they may upset him by his preaching because you know he was preaching about Krishna and he did not like it or somewhere. Like the deprogram deep deprogramming. The just the I mean the youngsters were joining Prabhupada's movement and their parents got upset and they filed a class action lawsuit. So these things may happen. But Prabhupada did not decide that okay, okay, let's not let them not join. No, he did not say that. He he went on. Uh, so uh, that is alright, even Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur uh, many times and especially there was a, one particular time and even other times also the same flavour. So what happened was this one of his devotees, one of his disciples went and preached, uh, gave a talk or somewhere in some, in some town or I don't know exactly where, I, I forgot the details. So he went there and preached and he gave a speech and the people were upset, upset about it because he spoke the truth. And they did not like it. Uh, it was about, I think, caste system or something like that, or, or something like. You know, so he was saying that this, you know, birthright caste system is, is is not correct and all that. And the the Brahmins who were caste Brahmins, they were not happy about it. So in this way, he upset people. In fact, Bhagavadan Saraswati himself up, upset few people, many people. In fact, all the caste Brahmins were totally upset with him, his movement. Yes, sir so they were always upset with him but he he continued so when this disciple he went and preached and he got some some people upset some of his other disciples went and complained to baksadan saraswati Thakur saying uh, you know what um, uh, they, you, they used to call him Prabhupada as well so Prabhupad, um you know, he he spoke and, you know, so many people got upset, you know, he he should not have spoken so, so boldly Mm -hmm. and so forcefully. Then, Bhakshadana Saraswati Thakur said, no, he preached boldly, that's what I want my disciples to do. So, he is the real friend who actually preaches boldly. And those who stand, those who understand the message, oh, they will be the fortunate ones. Uh, But, the others must still feel the weight of our movement. Of course, it doesn't mean that we go on, you know, completely be jerks and, you know, just, uh, you know, do everything recklessly. But at the same time, we should not compromise with the truth. We should not compromise the truth, the presentation of the truth. So, that much we have to be firm. Um, So, we need to preach like that. And if we don't, we are actually doing a disservice by not letting the truth out. We have, I mean, after having understood Srila Prabhupada's philosophy from his books, we have to take to this in a matter of, uh, in, a, in a manner like, I have to dedicate myself for this. So we have been saved, and it is our solemn duty to spread this message to others. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's instruction, that is Srila Prabhupada's instruction so distribution of his books and you know sharing of the philosophy this is all very very important and if we don't do it that is jiva Himsana. if we don't preach that is actually jiva Himsana. so animal killing and even not preaching mundane profiteering just you know doing some kind of uh, business you know just like without any any spiritual life at all of course householders still have to engage in some some kind of occupation yes understandable but, just accepting that is the aim of life and not, that's why in the Nectar of instruction we have read, Atyahar, collection more funds than necessary is, is mm, it's an unnecessary creeper, it can ruin our spiritual life. Mm. In fact, Prabhupada Prabhupad wanted that in his household life, when he was in his household life, he was thinking that he would earn a lot of money by his business, by his pharmaceutical business, and he would use that money to construct temples and you know distribute books because uh, Buxhedan Saraswati Thakur's instruction to him was, if you ever get money, print books. That's that's that was the instruction of Buxhedan Saraswati Thakur. So okay. he was thinking like this that I would get a lot of money with this business and then I will you know print books and you know I will you know preach. And all these things. So, in that way, he was thinking, but then Krishna did not want that to happen <laughs> somehow. So, his business, he lost money and everything. He was cheated by his manager and then Krishna took it as his blessing and then just surrendered and then went on and then Krishna gave him so much. Of course, it was not that Prabhupada was accumulating more funds than necessary. No, it is. Prabhupada wanted to do it for preaching. So, as long as we do it for preaching, it's all right. You know. But just getting entangled in this whole mundane profiteering will, our, our whole um, spiritual life will go down. We cannot compromise with our standards, with our waking up from Mangala and all these things. These have to be non-negotiable things in our spiritual life. Non-neg- nothing, nothing is more important than this. And that's how we should treat it. So, that is first thing. Even if you're in the house, not only just this is not for temple devotees only. Even if somebody is in you know in the in your own houses, everybody needs to follow this in their own houses. Every day, it's not just once a week affair. No, every day we have to do this. Then only we will get the strength to do everything else. So, Jiva Him Sanapah. Labha. Labha means to what is that? Mundane. Oh, this is mundane profiteering, yeah. You know, mundane profit and puja, mundane adoration to get worship, you know, that's what these gurus, they want worship, they are into, now they are intoxicated with all this, with all that, worship and all this, now if you suddenly say you don't be gurus, huh? now I will not have my guru Dakshin, I will not have my worship, my vasapuch, everything and all this, everything is gone, so that, that thing is very really hard, that's why when there was, in 1998, there were presentations by um, Ritvik devotees, Madhupandit Prabhu, along with Sundagopal Prabhu, you know, Adritharan Prabhu, they were they were going and you know, meeting all this uh, ISKCON ISCON intelligentsia, the whole the whole uh, management of ISKCON and they were having conferences and they were explaining the whole matter. And they did not have serious replies to these things because it was just the truth. They tried their best, some people, some of them tried to argue, but you know there was nothing, no substantial argument from their side. And even after all that they, they considered it as you know a, a deviation and they did not budge. They did not budge. It's not that they don't know, everybody of them they know the truth. I mean, they know, the, and seniors especially, they know that there is this ritvik system and everything, but they choose not to follow because it interferes with their puja, their vyasa puja, and all these things. They, they, they want the worship, they want the adoration. Of all the disciples, it's just a disease. It's a very big disease. Even when we come to devotional service, in the beginning, yes, one is humble. But as one grows in devotional service, uh, it can get to the head. Yo, now I want to become. Actually, you know, now you see this is the thing we have put this in. I am actually showing this from the IS seventy-seven. This is actually what you are seeing on the screen is the IS seventy-seven initiations after nineteen seventy-seven position paper that we have come up with. This is the PDF version of that. You see what is the. Samal Krishna's confession there, I can say, this is, he did this in 1980 when he was suspended, he was a suspended guru in, in 1980, he was not allowed to give initiations because he was so overpowering and he was so forceful um, that GBC, you know, they, they they suspended him for one year and that's when he spoke this. I can definitely say for myself and for which I humbly beg forgiveness from everybody that there was definitely some degree of trying to control. This is the conditioned nature and and it came out in the highest position of all. Guru, oh wonderful. Now I am a guru and there is only 11 of us. You see that? How Tamal Krishna was... Of course, he, he admitted his fault there. But then again when the GBC unsuspended him, when this... Uh, oh, this this man is going to create trouble for us. Oh, he because once they suspended him, then he started to speak the truth, and you know the whole guru thing will fall down again. Oh, the guru system might be disbanded. So therefore, they offered him again. All right, all right, you know we we remove the suspension, and then he went back shamelessly. He went back and started initiating again. This is what happened. So. Therefore, we need to know that, you know, even after coming to Krishna consciousness, the tendency to control, you see, there was definitely deg- some degree of trying, to, it's not, it was not just some degree, it was a huge degree of trying to control and it came out in the highest position of all. In fact, that's how Prabhupada was even poisoned. Because of this, because of this, this Puja, pratishtha, pratishtha means mundane importance, you know, adoration, all these things they wanted to be important, they wanted to be the guru, they wanted to be the big man, you know, even after coming to Krishna consciousness. So these in the beginning, when they first joined, they did not have these things. Why these things happen? Because they let the the weeds grow and then they did not cut the weeds. So gardener must cut the weeds as they grow. But if they don't, and it will slowly overpower the creeper of devotion itself and the weed will become stronger and then the weed will manifest and the creeper will go down die so this is what happened they let the weed grow similarly in our own Krishna consciousness the same thing can happen therefore we need to be so very very careful at every single step of our life every single step of our day every single minute, every single second we have to be very careful and introspective always watching our own self as Bhakshidana Saraswati Thakur said don't pry on the faults of others don't Look at others' faults. Look at your own fault, and see where I can improve. There are so many things going wrong with me. First, Uh, instead of pointing quick, instead of being quick to point others' faults, let us concentrate on on my own fault. Uh, What can I improve? What can I do better? Yes, you know we have to see it like this. That just look at instead of just you know condemning them. Of course, when we preach to the Iskcon, we have to speak that they are wrong, they are nonsense, this this whole desire to control is nonsense, their whole guru system is a hoax. We have to fight that. Yes, we have to speak in that way. But then, when we are contemplating ourselves, we should see in this way, that despite they uh, engaging in such enormous ways in Prabhupada's service, even they fell prey to all these contaminations. So, How much are we susceptible? You know, how easily can I also fall? Compared to the service of all the devotees who fell down and who, you know, went against the order of Srila Prabhupada, I have done not even near as much service. Like, I do not preach as widely as maybe Tamal Krishna Goswami has preached when Prabhupada was around. Of course, they could do what they did because of Prabhupada's, you know, special benediction. And Prabhupada was there when there was um, any... Like GBC, when they went astray and they made independent decisions, Prabhupada disbanded the whole GBC. But now, there is no such disbanding. Because Prabhupada is not physically around. So, it the whole thing rests on our sincerity now. Whereas, when Prabhupada was there, even when they were not sincere, when they went astray, when they wanted to become Guru, Prabhupada was there to control the situation. You know, to you know, do this. Okay, you know, don't do this. Do like this. Oh, GBC, why have you gone against? I disband the whole GBC. Now, who is there to disband the GBC? Who is there? Nobody. Therefore, he said, GBC has to be very alert. You stick to the principles, Prabhupada said, then Maya will not touch you. Maya will not touch you. He said this. We have shown that yesterday. So, but they they, they needed to be, they needed to stick to the principles, but they did not. They did not. And that's where the whole chaos. So, it, it depended, especially after the, Uh, physical departure, it solely and wholly depends on the sincerity of the disciple. The purity of the movement will depend on the sincerity of the disciple, whereas when the Guru is there, yes, he can personally. So, therefore, the Siksha Gurus, the GBC which he wanted, those Siksha Gurus had to be as strict as Srila Prabhupada in keeping his movement intact, but they went astray and that's where the entire problem started. So, similarly, that mistake should not happen in our camp now and we need to rectify this whole thing and we need to understand this so our sadhana levels our understanding of the scriptures why i i, I why i went through the whole shloka series why not to just you know not just you become scholars and then you know show off that you know i know so many verses i know so many shlokas and again the weed grows the weed grows oh i'm big man now i'm a, such a pandit everybody must respect me it can go in that way as well that's why vidya vinayasampanne brahmane gavihasthini sunichai vaśvapakecha pandita samadarśinaham. That means vidya should give rise to vinaya, vinamrita. That means just like a, a, a tree with heavy fruit will bend down. So similarly with the heavy fruit of knowledge, we have to become humble and bend down, not like... See, I'm such a great Pandit, I know so many shlokas, thousands of shlokas, you know you have to all praise me now, you have to all... That... So the shlokas learning and all those things were not meant to puff up the ego, were meant so that we spend more time closely looking at Srila Prabhupada's books and taking in the philosophy and explaining to others, explaining to others when, when it is needed and exactly how it needs to be presented. So all these things, it is out of service. We have to take all these learning in a mood of service, not in the mood to for self-aggrandizement. You know, I, I have learned this shloka, I know now I have you know I'm a big pandit. That's not the whole point at all of learning shlokas. The learning shlokas means vinaya. We have to become humble especially to the order of the spiritual master. Yes, for those who are against the order of the spiritual master, we must be like the lion. Yes, we have to fight the whole system. But then that is a sign of humbleness, humility, because then we are standing for Prabhupada strongly. Otherwise, if you are so called humble and you know, like, all right, Prabhu, yes, you know, I don't speak the t- you know, yes, yes, you know, you are right, you know, if I just call, join hands with this con like that and I don't speak the truth, so by saying yes to one side, I am saying no to the other side automatically. So when I am saying yes to them, I am saying no to Prabhupada. So we have to always think that. So, I have to first say no to Prabhupada. So, sorry, yes to Prabhupada. <laughs> they said, you know, no to Prabhupada. So, that's they are fixed on that. They said no to Prabhupada. That's it. Dreadfic system, no. Whereas, we should first say yes to Prabhupada. We should first say yes to Prabhupada. And then, if the other person agrees with Prabhupada saying yes, we will see how we can cooperate. But if the person is against, if he is innocent, yes, try to help him. See, Prabhu. Um, it's not that we simply go to fight with everybody, no, that's not what I am saying. What I am saying is, if the person is innocent and if he offers an argument because he was brainwashed in that way by his con, we need to understand, we need to take some compassion, okay, this person was, you know, let's try first, the proper way, explain to him Prabhu, um, you know, I know where you are coming from, but maybe you did not um, see the whole picture so why don't you consider this as this as well. So then you share the IS 77 to that person, our, our presentation of this whole issue. We have the Ritwik video and now we have this series. So let them go through the material, They have looked at only one side of it, let them look at the other side and then they can understand. So we need to give that amount of um, time for them and not just time, time is not a real thing, the thing is we have to give them the material. Let them dwell upon it and then see what is the reaction. If they change, if they want to know more, that's fine. But if they come with this attitude that, you know what, you are an offender, then just neglect him, neglect him. So that, so we have to understand that we we cannot side, just like Bhishma Dev, he knew what was right, he knew the Pandavas were always right, he knew the Kauravas were wrong, but he did not speak up and he was condemned for that. Although he was a Mahajan, so that is the example we should learn. So, here, Tamal Krishna is explaining himself that, yes, I had this degree of of wanting to control. We could see that in April 22nd, 1977, when he said, I have have studied myself and all my God-brothers and none of us are qualified to become Guru. We are all conditioned souls. Maybe one day it might be possible. What is that? Maybe one day it might be possible. How can you say that in front of the Guru like that? Immediately, why Prabhupada said, yes, I want to... I am waiting for that. I want to say that you become acharya. I am waiting for that. That means he sent a strong signal to Tamal Krishna Goswami there, because unless I say like that, don't even think of it. We have to understand this in between the lines. Mm. Why, when he said, oh, "Maybe one day it might be possible," Prabhupada says, "I am mm. waiting for that. I, I want to say that you next, you become next acharya. Uh, I will. I want to name." Uh, but the training must be complete. Why Prabhupada said that? Because he already knew Tamal Krishna's mentality, wanting to control. And that's, in fact, to be very honest, that's the very reason why he became the personal secretary of Srila Prabhupada. Because he was doing some mischief in the America. He said, oh, all Brahmacharis come out of the temple, let the, let the Grahastas run the temple and we go to the Radha Dhamudhar bus party and he, we will preach. Yes, he was under preaching, but then he the brahmacharis who were actually serving in the temples, he said, no, 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 you, you leave the temples. So, he was not consulting the temple presidents and, you know, what are the services that will be hampered if the brahmacharis just leave like that without. So, he was creating this brahmachari versus or sannyasis versus grihasthas war, kind of. So, Prabhupada did not want it this way. There are sannyasis, there are grihasthas. It is not that the grahastas are useless. They have their roles to play, sannyasis have their roles to play. It is not that we are more important than you, you are, more, you are not as important as us. This is not the whole issue at all. So, everyone must cooperate. So, that's what he wanted. So, because Tamal Krishna Goswami was creating a rift kind of, then he pulled him out of the whole thing and then you become my personal servant and secretary. Then that's how Tamal Krishna Goswami came to Vrindavan and was Prabhupada's secretary in fact. So, the tendency of controlling and the con- tendency of overbearing power that was there in Tamal Krishna Goswami. So, he himself admitted in this 1980 confession where he said, there was definitely some ten- some what, some degree of trying to control. It was not just some, it was a lot. And Prabhupada's poisoning happened because of that and then the whole guru system started because of that. So therefore, that is very injurious to our spiritual health. Not just our spiritual health, the whole health of the movement and thus the whole health of the world. The world is now so so much suffering because of this COVID-19 and all this. Because the amount of sins that are going on in this world is uh, unimaginable. Uh, So all that can be mitigated, just by our movement, we can be actually the solution of the whole world's problems. If people don't eat meat, this problem of coronavirus wouldn't even even happen. Uh, So, these things are all happening because of sinful activities. So, sinful activities to reduce them, the only movement is, the only way it can reduce is Krishna Consciousness. There is no other way, there is no other way. So, therefore, our movement is the, most important movement in the world, as small as it may seem now, but it is the most important movement in the world. And we have we have to have firm conviction about that and we have to act towards that. So Puja, Pratishtha, Labha, uh, all these things, Upashakha, these are all weeds, unwanted creepers. So these we have to be careful so that we can avoid in our own movement. And let's look at this also, this is also very important. 329.8. Maybe I will go to the... I think you can also read from here. So you see, Abhisandha... This is from Srimad Bhagavatam 3.29.8 and 3.29.9. These two verses from the third canto. Devotional service executed by a person who is envious... Proud, violent, and angry, and who is a separatist is considered to be in the mode of ignorance, mode of darkness, or ignorance. So, devotional service and a separatist, devotional service by a person who is envious, especially envious of the spiritual master, and also envious of other devotees. So, when this is there, and one who is very proud, you know, I want, I want to be the big guru. It is all pride. Violent and angry, like yesterday we have seen those examples where Sunda Prabhu, Tamal Krishna Goswami told him, your heart is so small that you have only place for Śrīla Prabhupāda. So these kind of things, these kind of statements are coming out of extreme pride, extreme anger. Hmm. So these are all signs of devotional service in the mode of ignorance. Vishayān Abhisandhāya Yasha The worship of deities in the temple by a separatist with a motive for material enjoyment. You see, they wanted this, you know, this, this adoration. This is all material enjoyment. This is subtle material enjoyment. Uh, They want, they like that, you know, praise, they like that. Importance, you know, that you know, yes, like Prabhupada also was given the importance. It's not that devotees should not be given importance, uh, we will get to that. But personally, uh, we should think that you know, th- these things we have to run away from. Archa davarcha prithak bhava sarajasa. So, with a motive for material enjoyment, fame, and opulence, is devotion in the mode of passion. So, just to become famous, we do some devotions, that is not good. But, a point of note here, because I have seen this happen. Sometimes, especially it happened with Sunda Prabhu. So, when he was doing some nice preaching um, in different countries, um, and, um, you know, um, wherever he is going preaching, so when devotees offer some praise, other devotees are envious of that and they say, oh, how he can, you know, accept the praise of the devotees. Huh? That means, oh, you see, he is doing devotional service in the mode of passion. That means they themselves are envious, first of all. It is our solemn duty to praise or to to, to glorify those devotees who are actually sincerely glorifying Srila Prabhupada. That, as Vaishnava, we should always glorify other Vaishnavas. That should always be there. We should not be envious in thinking that, oh, how he can accept the praise, you know, of course, personally, he doesn't like to accept, right? But it is our duty to praise, right? We should glorify. It's not that we don't glorify those who are actually doing nice service to Srila Prabhupada. No, that is rubbish behavior. Even, uh, you know, in the, in the spiritual world, let's go to that, that, that verse. This is the spiritual world. See this. 3, 15, 18 and 19. This is spiritual world. I have shown this verse many times in our series, but I'll show it again. This is in the Vaikuntha. When the king of bees hums in a high pitch, singing the glories of the Lord, there is a temporary lull in the noise of the pigeon, the cuckoo, the crane, the chakravaka, the swan, the parrot, the partridge and the peacock. Such transcendental birds stop their own singing simply to hear the glories of the Lord. These birds, they sing, especially the cuckoo, the peacock, I mean they they sing, their sound is so beautiful, And the nightingale and all these things, they they sing so well. Hmm? But all these transcendental birds in the spiritual kingdom, when they see the, the bumblebee come here, because the bumblebee's sound is like that and when the birds are chirping so loudly, nobody can hear the bumblebee but what they did, they they slowed down their voices, I mean they brought down the volume completely, there was a temporary lull in the noise of the pigeon and all these birds, why? They wanted to hear from the, the bumblebee, the glories of the Lord because they thought the bumblebee is always at the... You know, the, Krishna is wearing this garland of Vijayanti Mala. The beautiful flower garland, which is so fragrant flowers are there. And because of that intoxicating flavor and because they are on the Lord, the, even just remember, just try to know that in the spiritual world, even the bumblebee or even the grass is a devotee of the Lord. A complete pure devotee of the Lord. Alright? Even the birds and everybody. It's not like here. Everybody is in the mode of ignorance. So, there everybody is a pure devotee even the bumblebee even the birds even the grass even the flowers everybody all right so they knew that this bumblebee is actually so close to krishna she's always uh, this bumblebee is always near the f- lotus feet of krishna She's so i mean he he is so near to the to krishna and he must have some special information about krishna's lotus feet and he is you know such a great devotee that he can be so close to krishna always because all the bumble if you see the description of uh, in different places in bhagavatam where krishna's uh, Krishna was described. So, when he had, it is many many times mentioned that he had this, you know, flower garland and, you know, you know, flower, you know, and because of that, so many bees were, you know, bumblebees were around him. So, because, you know, they could see the flavor and then, you know, they, and because they were so near to Krishna, so these birds considered the bumblebee even more fortunate than themselves and they wanted to hear the glories that the bumblebee had to say. Because even the zzz, that sound here in this material world doesn't make any sense. But, in the spiritual world, all those things are actually praises of the Lord. The bumblebee praises the Lord, the cuckoo and the chakravaka, the parrot, the pigeon, the crane, the chakravaka, I mean the uh, partridge, the peacock, everybody glorifies the Lord in, with, those, with their sounds. Mm. They are actually meaning, just like it is said that the Garuda bird when he flaps his wings, in in here when you flap the wings <laughs> this kind of sound effect comes but the sound that comes from the you know flapping of Garuda's wings is the Samaveda the hymns of the Samaveda come out similarly it is said that when Haruman he is chanting Ram, Ram, Ram not just from his mouth but every single pore of his body Ram, Ram, Ram is emanating and that is how pure devotees are there fully saturated and overflowing with love of Godhead So, therefore, (coughs) the birds, they wanted to glorify the bee, not that they did not say, Oh, this bee is coming and, you know, making, you know, glorifying the Lord. No, 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 I can glorify the Lord better. Uh, Then they chirp even louder and even louder so that the bee doesn't even be heard. No, you see the Vaikuntha consciousness the birds lower down their voices so that the bee's voice will be you know, amplified so that everybody can hear about the glories of Krishna's lotus feet from the bee. This is Vaikunta consciousness. So we should, why I am showing this? Because we should uh, always glorify those who are doing better service to Prabhu, Prabhupada. We should not be envious when somebody offers praise to a Vaishnava because that is the proper way to glorify a Vaishnava. Next verse, because we have seen this among so-called Ritviks, we have had bad experiences with so-called Ritviks, because they don't like when somebody preaches and they themselves don't preach and they say Prabhupad, Prabhupad, they, don't, they do nothing for the movement and they are known as so-called senior devotees and they don't like when there is preaching and they, when somebody offers praise to such a preacher, oh, how he can you know, how can he praise, you know, as if, you know, he is a guru or something. Nobody said he is guru. None of us think that Sunda Prabhu is a Diksha Guru. Yes, he is our Shiksha Guru. Yes, I've, we have learned so much from him. Yes. But he is a sincere servant of Prabhupada. So, there has been, there have been uh, multi, on multiple occasions in this way. So, this is just absolute envy. I am sure, absolutely sure, that pe- those kind of people have absolutely zero sadhana. And we have seen them, not just absolutely sure out of my own speculation. We have went there and saw, seen these people. Zero sadhana, chanting not even properly, not even 16 rounds. No Mangal Arati. They have forgotten the Mangal Arati songs. They have forgotten how to wear the dhoti. They have forgotten that Krishna Prasadam is the only food that we need to take and not from outside restaurants. They eat openly outside restaurants and they say even, I like the food of that restaurant. I mean, these are personal experiences. I have seen these people. So-called senior devotees. Some of them even take coffee. All these things are going on and they dare to comment on the devotees who are acting and they say Prabhupada Why? The reason for them saying Prabhupada is not because of anything else. They can't take any authority. So by saying Prabhupada, they say only, only Prabhupada is my authority and nobody can tell, tell me to do anything. So they want to be like that. Absolute lack of humility. So that's that's not that's not the mood we should be in at all. And if you see the next verse... Also similar <coughs> beautiful verse Mandara Kunda Kurabot Pala Champakarna Punaga Naga Bakulambo japari jata Gandhir Chite tulasika barne natasya yasmim tapasumana so bahumana yanti. Although flowering plants like the mandara, kunda, kurabaka, utpala, champaka, arna, punnaga, naga keshara, bakula, lily and the parijat are full of transcendental fragrance. They are still conscious of the austerities performed by Tulusi. For Tulsi is given special preference by the Lord who garlands himself with Tulusi leaves. And also Tulsi leaves are at his feet. So all these beautiful flower, flowering plants of you know, mandara kundakura rabot palachampa karna punnaga naga bakulambu so all these flowering plants beautiful fragrance, I mean completely intoxicating fragrance they have but they themselves always are aware of the Tulusi's glorious. that's why tulsi is called pushpasara another name of tulsi is pushpasara that means the, 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 the essence of all flowers is the Tulusi the flower so that is you know the tulsi leaves even so Pushpasara. So they all know how um, to glorify a devotee who is doing greater service. We should always glorify devotees doing greater service. Devotee means nirmatsara naam, matsarata means enviousness, and nirmatsara means non envious. They are never envious, they are always. If somebody is doing greater service to Prabhupada, oh, we should always, you know pray that wow how blessed you are and you know hopefully i can also receive one tenth of your mercy and i can do some service as good as you or one tenth as good as you so that's how we should always feel so even after coming to Prabhupada all these all these things may still be within us we are only looking at okay all these faults have happened with the gurus and you know that's why they went into these things but we ourselves where are we So, we should always think in this way, that even despite they doing so much service to Prabhupāda, if they can be bewildered, so Maya can bewilder me in one instance. What have I done so far? So, in this way, we should always remain humble and always seek the mercy of the Vaishnavas, Śrīla Prabhupāda, Chaitanya Mahāprabhu, Krishna. In this way, we have to be humbly carrying this movement forward. Uh, that, That way, we will, you know, not be uh, carried away with all these things you know with all these distractions so who does this you know the, another big uh, word here is in the two words you see bhinna bhavam here also bhinna Drig bhavam and either prithak bhava so this prithak or bhinna means separate separatist means a separatist means who has a different agenda than Krishna or his pure devotee, Shri Prabhupada, who has a different agenda than them, who has, who wants out of his own devotional service, this Labha, pru, Puja, Pratistha, Adi, Upashakha. So these things we have to be careful of. And such a devotee who can't, who doesn't know how to behave, he is called a third class devotee. A devotee who faithfully engages in the worship of the deity in the temple but does not behave properly toward other devotees or people in general is called a Prakrata-Bhakta, a materialistic devotee and is considered to be in the lowest position. This is 11.247. But the same verse is translated in a slightly different way by Prabhupāda in another place, in the Chaitanya Charitāmṛta, we will go there, in the Madhya Leela, the same verse, exact same verse, you see, when, when Prabhupāda is giving a class on a particular verse, you should understand this point from Prabhupāda, when he gives a class on say, seventh chapter first verse for example, each of his classes, different classes will be from a different angle. So, each of verses, each of the verses, he will explain many different ways, you know, Nanartha, that is also explained in the Bhagavatam, uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita, that in uh, you know, uh, Bhagavatam every single word is full of so many meanings. Nanartha. You see this same exact same verse quoting from 11 to 47, you see 11 to 47, uh, but you see how Prabhupada translated. A Prakrita Bhakta, third class devotee or materialistic devotee does not purposefully study the Shastra. He does not put effort in understanding the Shastra. And try to understand the actual standard of pure devotional service. So we see this among the devotees, sometimes they engage in so many services for years, but their reading is very, very less. Prabhupada said every day, one hour, two hours you spend reading. So. How near or how far are we from that? That much we are watering the creeper of devotion. So we have to get into that, immersing ourselves in Prabhupada's books and understanding, you know, Prabhupada's books in depth and scrutinizing. That's why so Prabhupada said, Read my books scrutinizingly. Everything, where everything is, and why Prabhupada said this and that, this and that. Everything has to be very, very good. that's why we had the shloka learning course. Just prior to this retreat course, because we want everybody to delve into Prabhupada's books with great interest, with great enthusiasm, and with in an orderly, um, interesting manner, so that you know it should. It is actually nectarian, you know. But devotees sometimes, in the beginning, they read. In the beginning, when they when they come to the movement, they do read, and after some time, they think, all right, okay, I kind of get. The meaning of the whole movement and the Krishna Consciousness in general and they stagnate. Maybe they think that I have read all books books of Prabhupada then I have read them. So I kind of, there is nothing more new. So this is actually a dangerous mentality because each time we read Prabhupada's books, we will always, I mean without a doubt, without an exception, we will always find newer and newer things in the same things that we have read before. So, navanavara sadhamanyudyatam rantumasith, yadavadhibhata nari, what is it, yadavadham, yadavadhi mamachetaha Padaravinde navanavara sadhamanyudyatam rantumasith. So, that is Krishna consciousness. Every single second, there is newer and newer tastes. And, I think that is also in that verse, in Canto 4, which is chapter 34, text 30, I think, I think. Okay, let's go to this verse first. So, a Prakrita Bhakta, or materialistic devotee, does not purposefully study the Shastra and try to understand the actual standard of pure devotional service. Consequently, he does not show proper respect to advanced devotees. He may, however, follow the regulative principles learned from his spiritual master or from his family who worships the deity. He is to be considered on the material platform, although he is trying to advance in devotional service. Such a person is a Bhakta Praya. You know what's Praya? Praya means almost, Bhakta Praya means almost a devotee, but not really a devotee, neophyte devotee. Hmm. Uh, nashta Prayesho Abhadresho Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Nashta Prayesho That means the, the dirty things in the heart are almost destroyed, almost completely destroyed. So this Praya means almost. Hmm. So he's almost a Bhakta but not yet a Bhakta yet. So that's an unsteady position there. That's a neophyte devotee, or Bhakta Abhas, for he is a little enlightened by Vaishnava philosophy, but not enough to save him from further falling down. You know. So therefore, let us uh, spend time reading Prabhupada's books and in the association of devotees who are reading Prabhupada's books. In fact, we are so fortunate to be in the association of Sandhagopal Prabhu. Why I say that? He always reads, you know, how much time he spends reading, I don't know, how many... I, I think even he has lost count of how many times he has read Prabhupada's books. The thing is, whenever he finds something, you know, again and again, um, he reads again and again, of course. And then whenever he finds something, he will share with all of us. The verse, that that actually, you know, people sometimes um, praise us. Oh, you know, so many shlokas, you know, very nice, you know, this. Actually, I am I, not qualified for any such praise. Because what we have learnt was because of the association of, a devotee who is so immersed in Prabhupada's books and if you see the way he gives his classes, he is just basing on the verses. That's why, that's why you, this screen that you see here, this is his way of presenting class. We just copied. <laughs> uh, because when, you, when we speak, of course, we should quote the, the scriptures and everything. But there is a particular effect when, the, when people see actually the verse They know for sure that you are not, you know, speculating or it's just there. They can see for themselves. So, it creates a lot of, he started this because he wants them to be attracted to Prabhupada's books. You see, you see, what knowledge is there? Just see, see, you know, this is Prabhupada's books, this is is from Prabhupada's books, this is from Prabhupada's books, this is from Prabhupada's books. So, in this way, as we see more and more, wow, Prabhupada's books are really full of, you know, I need to read Prabhupada's books. So, that's the whole point. So, to get to the Prabhupada's, reading Prabhupada's books. And once we read and see all the different nuances of devotional service, we should not consider ourselves a a devotee enough as as long as we just chant 16 rounds and follow the four principles and that's it. Prabhu, I promised when initiation that I will chant 16 rounds and follow the four principles, Prabhu, I am doing that. That's not enough. We have to rise up early for Mangal Arati we have to have the morning program, we have to... um, Onidatta is asking in which class does the Pratkrata Bhakta belong, third class, third class devotee. So, uh, we should wake up in the morning, we should wake up um, and chant our rounds in the morning and then we have to eat only Krishna Prasadam, associate with devotees who are actually preaching Krishna consciousness, far and wide, taking great risks in that preaching. We may also be preaching, But those who are taking risk in preaching, oh, they are even more advanced. So take association from those devotees who are doing like that and get inspired. In fact, Bhaktivinoda Thakur also said, how to increase our enthusiasm in Krishna consciousness when we are not so enthusiastic? Go and associate with devotees who are following. And when one sees a devotee nicely, um, you know, serving the spiritual master and Krishna so nicely, then one is inspired by just seeing such a devotee. This is Bhaktivinoda Thakur's advice. So, that's what we need to do. In fact, Ramanujacharya, he had quoted from, even Bhaktivinoda Thakur, quoted from Ramanujacharya. And Ramanujacharya said the same thing. If ever (coughs) you think that um, you are demoralized for some reason or you think your endeavors in devotional service are not fructifying or you have some kind of misgivings or whatever it is, something disturbing your mind and heart, just go and sit with the devotees. Sit among the Vaishnavas everything will be solved, Ramanujacharya. So, Bhaktivinoda Thakur quoted that and said the same thing, that if we have any problems in our devotional service, we need to actually, that's how our enthusiasm for devotional service, the fire of devotional service will will be rekindled and then we will be completely in the fire. So, that's when we associate with devotees who are in the fire. So, just like that iron rod, if it is in the fire, then it will become red hot, just like fire. Wherever it touches, it will burn. But you keep on touching and keep on touching, it will become cold again. Again, it has to be put back in the fire. So when we are preaching, what we are doing is we are touching everywhere and you know trying to fire up the you know the fire of Krishna consciousness. But then if we just are engaged in preaching and preaching and preaching without our sadhana, without associating with devotees, without again getting ourselves hot, that iron rod again keeping that hot. So if we don't associate with that fire again, that iron rod will become cold. And then it won't have any effect anymore. You will just, it will not create any more fire wherever it touches. So we need to be in the fire and then we go out, preach and again come back and have that fire of association of Krishna devotees and then go out and preach. And you know, that way, this whole thing will increase. And that's exactly what Prabhupada set up this movement for. I know this is kind of becoming a rant, but <laughs> this is where we come from. This is where ISKM comes from. Um, that we want to create, we just don't want to be criticizers of whatever happened with the Guru system. Fine, let us know that they are wrong and let us know why they are wrong and let us not repeat that and let us work on making it right. On this is Prabhupada's mercy that we have such a huge service in front of us. For the rest of our lives we can spend and it's not enough. The whole world is there. As Prabhupada said one day, in 18 days, the world, when Pandavas, the war of Mahabharata, the Kurukshetra war, happened for 18 days. And 18 days before, before the day of the war, Pandavas had nothing. From zero to hero in 18 days, to the world conquerors in 18 days. And Prabhupada said, Krishna can give us this entire world in 18 days. But are we ready to handle that glory? Are we ready? When the time comes, are we ready to handle that? Why, Prabhupada gave, uh, why Krishna gave Srila Prabhupada the entire world in 12 years? He was ready. He was ready for it. And even after Krishna gave him the whole world, 108 temples and thousands of devotees and, you know, you know, fame spread far and wide across the globe, six continents. Prabhupada was in, Prabhupada's devotion and his mood never changed a single bit from what he was when he was a humble sannyasi in the Radha Damodha temple in Vrindavan before he left for America. And that's why Krishna benedicted him with everything. Why Krishna gave Prahlad Maharaj everything? In fact, Prahlad Maharaj said, I want to be just your devotee. No. narsimhadev forced him. I want to give you a benediction. I will give you a benediction. <laughs> First, he asked Prahlad, what benediction you want? I have been very satisfied with your service. And we have let, we have read about that in the Narsimha Leela series. Um, so, now, Prahlad said, no, I am not a businessman. I don't want anything from you, narsimhadev I just want to be your servant. You are my eternal master. I am your eternal servant. There is no need of anything other more than this this mood, that's it. This is the only thing I want. No, you must have it. I want to give you, I will give you. Narasamadeva just force the opulence on Prahlad, And he says, you be be a king until the next Manmantra. Until the Manmantra, you be the king and then you, you know, guide everybody in this Krishna Consciousness. And similarly for Dhruva Maharaj. Dhruva Maharaj, he went for a materialistic reason to Krishna. And then he wanted a position greater than his great grandfather Brahma himself. And when he saw the Lord, he said, Sthana Bhilashi Tapasisthitoham Tvampraptavandeva Munindra Guhyam Kacham Vichinvan Apidevya Ratnam Swamin Kritarthosmi Varam Nayache He said, Krishna, he saw Krishna in six months, Lord Vishnu. I said, my Lord, Deva Munindra Guhyam I have come to you, I have prayed to you, I have, you know, done such severe austerity to get a sthanabhilashi to get a very exalted position in this material world. But now I have gotten you, now I have, after having seen you, which are, who, are, who is difficult to be seen even by the greatest of yogis and demigods, Deva Munindra guhyam, you are hidden even to the greatest of yogis. They are meditating for thousands and thousands and millions of years, but they can't even reach you. They can't even. At the speed of mind, they have been going, but they have not reached even the toes of your lotus feet, the toe nails of your lotus feet, what to speak of anything else. But I have been benedicted by the vision of your entire beautiful form. Now I, comparing this benediction that you have already given me, what is the benediction? Just by showing yourself. The, your audience is so um, valuable that now my desire to become greater than Brahma is kacham vichinman. Now I feel that it is like a broken piece of glass that I was asking for. Instead, you being so merciful, you have benedicted me the, with a valuable diamond, that is you. Now I don't want swamin kirtarthos me. I am completely satisfied. You have given me millions and billions and trillions of times more than what I asked for, and I can never repay this. Varam nayachhe. I don't want any more anything more. He said this, but Lord Vishnu said, I will give you. <laughs> I will give you the thing that you asked for, just to show that it is not that I will just trick my devotees into um, with my charming form, and then I, they will they will never become rich. No, I am completely capable of bestowing them everything. So he gives. So when did Krishna give his devotees, Prabhupada or Prahlad Maharaj or Dhruv Maharaj, when they were actually pure devotees? So because they were ready to handle that opulence, that glory, they would not. They would not go into this mode of like Hiranyakashipu. Totally intoxicated with the power. He also had the glory. But he, what he did with that? Completely misused. But because they could handle the glory, he gave them. So Prabhupada said similarly, Krishna can give us this entire movement, the entire world in 18 days. But are we ready? So, we have to prime ourselves for that we, we just can't be satisfied just being this a team of two people here and a three people there and, a, and a one person here and a five people there spread across this globe and no prithvitiyash jyot Sarvatar prachar hoye mor naam said and that until that comes to pass we cannot rest um, so that should be our our mood mm. so we i mean And with each breath that we are inhaling and exhaling, we are just inviting death. The death is just becoming closer and closer and closer. Everyone is standing in the queue. Everyone is standing in the queue. And when the time comes, we will be executed by the laws of nature. And with each person being executed, we are going closer and closer and closer and closer. And we do not know actually, we are blindfolded. So we do not know, Whether we are the next, or we are after a thousand people, or a million people, we don't even know how close we are to that execution chopboard. So, therefore, before that life comes to pass, and we cannot do anything with this body anymore, as long as our body is still intact, let us use everything within our, um, you know, within our within our grasp, within our control in the service of Krishna. So that's the mood where ISKM started. Um, ever since 80s I think, Sunanda Gopalapur always fend, felt something was wrong. Many devotees in the world, you know, those who are sincere, they always felt something was wrong. And that's how they actually started and we need to dive into that mood and uh, just before we go there what we need to do one more thing i did not show in this whole series that this one this is from mantra Ishopanishad mantra 12 This is actually the, I mean, the, the the destination of the bogus gurus, where they will go. This I did not show for some reason. I forgot. But we will see this here, and then we will go to what is our ISKM's um you know, mission a little bit, and then we will close this, and that will be the end of the series. So we will read this first. By a false display of religious sentiments, they present. This is from Ishopanishad mantra 12 purport. By a false display of religious sentiments, they present a show of devotional service while indulging in all sorts of immoral activities. In this way, they pass as spiritual masters and devotees of God. Such violators of religious principles have no respect for the authority of acharyas, the holy teachers in the strict discipline succession. They ignore the Vedic injunction, Acharya Pasana, one should worship the Acharya. Is exactly what's happening in Iskon now. And Krishna's statement in the Bhagavad Gita 4.2, chapter 4 text 2, Evam Parampara praptam. This supreme science of God is received through the disciplic succession. Instead, they mislead the people in general, they sorry, instead, to mislead the people in general, they themselves become so-called acharyas, but they do not even follow the principles of the Acharyas. These rogues, Prabhupada Judana is a word now. He used rascals, he used the word demons, he used the words now rogues. His words, not our words. These rogues are the most dangerous elements in human society. Because there is no religious government, they escape punishment by the law of the state. They cannot, however, escape the law of the Supreme who has clearly declared in the Bhagavad Gita that envious demons in the garb of religious propagandists shall be thrown into the darkest regions of hell. Bhagavad Gita 16.19 and 20. Sri Ishopanishad confirms that these pseudo-religionists are heading toward the most obnoxious place in the universe. After the completion of their spiritual master business, which they conduct simply for sense gratification. So basically, and this we have already shown, we have shown this the other day, 6, 7, 14. Leaders who have fallen into ignorance and who mislead people by directing them to the path of destruction, as described in the previous verse are in effect boarding a stone boat and so too are those who blindly follow them. A stone boat would be unable to float and would sink in the water with its passengers. Similarly, those who mislead people go to hell and their followers go with them. So, in fact, this, this verse was spoken by Indra because he, has offended, he had offended his own spiritual master at the time. In that context only he was saying this verse. So, how to rectify the situation? We have to give the greatest respect to Prabhupada and greatest, greatest respect means not just saying Jaya Shilo Prabhupada. That's not enough. <laughs> if Bh Srila just sat in the vrindavan Radha Dhamma of the temple and just said Jay Slobaksidhan Srasudhakur, that's lip service. Now we have to Kayena ma Vacha Buddhyat Manava hmm? That is that is what we need to do. In accordance with the particular nature one has acquired in conditioned life, whatever one does with his body, words, minds and senses, intelligence or purified consciousness, one should offer to the supreme thinking, this is for the pleasure of Lord Narayana. In our case, this is for the pleasure of Srila Prabhupada. Yeah. And, of course, that will be the pleasure of Narayana, Yes, prasadat Bhagavat prasado. So, what are the things, kāyena, by body, vācha, words, manasa, mind, indriyai, senses, vā buddhya, by intelligence, ātmana, ātmana means purified consciousness, vā anusruta anusruta, followed, Sabhavat according to one's own condition, nature. Karoti yadyat sakalam parasmai So, with all our body, mind and soul, everything in, you know, completely immersed into this. So, um, carry out the order, basically. You have to carry out the order. So, basically, um, this was something uh, that was... Uh, the thing that how ISKM started. So, briefly I will just go through the whole thing. So, in the 80s already Prabhu was dealing with all these Gurus. In fact, it is not that we, I did not have any experience with Gurus, fortunately. <laughs> but, Sunukopal Prabhu went through the whole harrowing experience of dealing with the Gurus. And first it was Hamsa Swami who was a GPC in Singapore here and he created a mess and prabhu left for singapore and then he went to you know india there he was he was trained under various devotees and then for one and a half years in 1982 actually he was he joined in 1975 and then got initiated in 1977 january by prabhupada and then there was um, uh 1979 he tried to registered a society here. Actually mind you, Singapore was the only country where Srila Prabhupada was not allowed in. In 1971, he he was stopped at the immigration. The only country, even Russia which was communist country at the time, Prabhupada could enter. But Singapore, they did not allow him inside. So, it was very difficult and in 1979, it was, I mean he applied for a registration of our society, but then the government Banned it. They said, No way you can have Hare Krishna in Singapore. It was only due to the sheer, sheer determination of Prabhu, Sunagopal Prabhu, that Hare Krishna exists in Singapore. A um, lot of struggle. It took him 22 years or, yeah, to get the society registered. That much of struggle. Just to get the society registered, it's less a matter of weeks or even days maybe, in many countries, but here it was a matter of 22 years, from 1975 when he became a devotee all the way to 1997. So anyway, in between this Guru's chaos happened and then he went to India and then after that he went to America in 1983 until 1985, for one and a half years or little more than that, he was in America, in Houston, Texas. And um, he worked under Tamal Krishna Goswami. And Tamal Krishna Goswami treated him as a God-brother because he was first initiated, Prabhu, Prabhu was first initiation from Prabhupada and second from Hamsa Swami. And therefore, he was considered Prabhupada disciple. Of course, <laughs> a little bit junior. Um, so therefore, he was working under Tamal Krishna Goswami and he had that, I mean, a lot of... They had friendly dealings as well at the time, but also... Many times they had um, arguments regarding Prabhupada, most of the time Prabhu did not argue with him, but he just quietly disagreed with him, especially when he used to, when he said that conversation in that room, especially when he said, your heart is so small that you have only place for Prabhupada, that was uh, very disturbing for him, but anyway, he was still respectful to Tamar Krishna Goswami and um, 1985, he came back to Singapore and started preaching here Without any registration, he was just having, he just stayed apart. He was a brahmachari at the time. Um, so he stayed um, apart and then not, from, not with his family. Um, and then he started preaching, and the preaching went back to zero when he came back in 85 because after he left Singapore, there was nobody else preaching here. And then when he came back, he started preaching, and then 88, around 89. He he came to know. I mean, he realized to get any further, he you know he had to have a registration. So what he did was he and the government wouldn't allow him to register a new society. So he searched up the list of societies which were going debunk, I mean, I mean defunct societies which were not like functioning, but they were existing only in name. So he approached those committee members. He found he shortlisted about three of them, and then the first one he he. He went to the committee member and that man happened to be old class friend of his uh, Prabhu's father. So he was more than glad to hand over the society. So that society had a big name, long name, but it was in short, it was called Shiv Mandir. Shiv (laughs) Mandir means the temple of Lord Shiva. So (laughs) under the name of Shiv Mandir, he was preaching Krishna Consciousness from 1989 to 1997 for eight good eight years. And boomed, it boomed, and so many gurus were coming. Um, Tamal Krishna Goswami came, Gaur Govinda Swami came, Jayapataka Swami came, uh, who is that? Mm. Lokanath Swami came here, and uh, even, even, who is that? Mm. Mahavishnu Swami, then uh, some of them I forget. So I have heard this so many times, but I have not been there at the time. I was still a kid, somewhere lost in the material world in India. Uh, Then, uh, so many Brahmacharis. At that time, this temple used to have about 22 or something Brahmacharis in Singapore and it was on fire. But then, the experience that Sunda Prabhu had with this ISKCON was, the devotees who joined up, they were very enthusiastic in the beginning and everything. As soon as they got initiated, as soon as they got initiated, they, their allegiance went to the Guru and now they never listened to the they, they stopped listening to the temple president. They said, mm, my Guru is my authority, mm, you are temple president, who are you? And they were disciples of all kinds of Gurus, like all these Gurus that I mentioned. So each time Sunugopal Prabhu worked hard and trained batches of devotees and when a Guru comes, he will you know, offer them up for initiation and they will get initiated and all the Guru Dakshin goes to the Guru and their service, their allegiance, everything goes to the Guru and anything advice they will take from the Guru and not from the temple president and it became a very polarizing situation in the temple and then this disciple's Guru will say to that disciple's Guru, I mean sorry sorry, this Guru's disciples will say to that Guru's disciples that no no my Guru is better than. there was infighting, there was all these things going on and each will try to promote their Guru you know and this devotee joins and then each of these camps of different gurus, they will try to prey on him and then get them to their camp, their guru and this way, that way. And then in the, in the politics, some devotees left, you know, like left the movement and all these things were happening at the time. And when the guru comes, he is not mature enough to handle at all, supposed to be a pure devotee, all, all of them, and none of them are, none of them were. And every one of them was just playing politics. They, will, they would side with their disciples rather than with the temple president and with the temple management. And it was, I mean, horrible experiences and then the, the Gurus, they come here and then they have programs in the hotels instead of the temple. And some of them don't wake up for, Mangala, many of them don't wake up for Mangalarthi as well. And one of them was a special case, never wakes up and always has an excuse. And, you know, don't chant his rounds, doesn't chant his rounds. And uh, people saw him hardly chanting one, two rounds in the, in the whole day. Never with his beat bag. And now he can't even chant. Um, I'm trying as much as possible not to mention any names. But you know, so these things happened. So, um, it was very disturbing for Prabhu. Prabhu always was thinking, why, why did Srila Prabhupada just leave this whole movement like this? Even if he would have said that, get initiated by this dog, I would have done that. But why didn't he say who is the one? who is going to be a successor and what was this, how to understand this whole situation now. He was always thinking like this. Then, when 1997, these documents came out and IRM, ISKCON revival movement, that was, they were instrumental in compiling everything, all the evidence and they brought out this whole thing. And wow, first thing, Sundugopal Prabhu was the first ISKCON affiliated temple. He said, I am following this system. He was the first, more than glad, more than glad to have received this information and he was first to act upon it as well. That's another important thing. To get the information is one thing and to agree with it one, is one thing, but to act upon it takes real guts. So he was, um, you know, to go against the grain, to go against the system, it is huge. In fact, at one point, I think in 1989, just before he got married, when he was sannyasi, I mean, so when he was a brahmachari, um, he was contemplating sannyas at one point of time Then of course then after he got married but then uh, at that time Iskon offered him that you know you take sannyas and you know you can also be a guru you know you can be one of the gurus Prabhu said no no I don't want to I don't want to be a part of the, all that Then anyway he got uh, married after 14 years of brahmacharya then uh, he was still preaching, he was not once, not a single day did he miss his mangalarati, did he miss his morning program, even Sannyasis couldn't keep, keep up with his standard. When the gurus came here, although he was a grihastha, the gurus could not keep up with the standard at all. And uh, even Bhakti Charu Swami, you know, you know, he was having this pizza with a mushroom in it, and, and then he wanted him to take it and he said, I don't take mushrooms. So, oh, okay. He was like. So they felt very uncomfortable in Singapore, the Swamis, because here the standards were like very high. And that's what it. (laughs) There was one Swami who even said that, you can't breathe in Singapore, you know, because in the temple everything is so strict and everything is like, and you can't you can't rest for a while, you know, you can't like, you know, you can't." have, you, know, you can't miss a Mangalarthi, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's basic thing, you know, you have to, I mean, in the beginning, it is a little bit of forcing, but eventually, we should feel that, how can you feel good in a day when you miss a Mangalarthi? So, we should get to that. So, um, so anyway, coming back to the point, so he was preaching like this and um, 1997, yeah. So, at that time, two things happened. On one side, the ritvik system news came out. And yeah, by the way, as Ayappa said in the comments, so every time people would come to the temple and say, Hey, I thought it was Shiv Mandir written outside and then why come here? Where is, where is Lord Shiva? And every time they would ask then every time they would they would just say, the Shiva means actually auspicious. So this is auspicious temple. Um, <laughs> they would just cover it up instead of telling the whole long story. Sometimes, I mean, if they had time, then of course the story would go out. But, you know, otherwise it was just like, yeah, Shiva means auspicious. So this is very auspicious. Krishna consciousness is very auspicious in <laughs> that way. <laughs> so, um, the temple was going on. So in 1997, what happened? Ritwik system news was one thing. Another thing is that the government um, they offered that oh they called Gopal Prabhu up for a meeting, a very special committee from the government, it's a intelligence department. So they um, called him up for a meeting and then said, Hmm, Gopal, you have sneaked into Singapore, huh? You have made possible this Hare Krishna movement in Singapore. Because they told, it and they told him in 1979, point blank, he was told. He was called by the same intelligence department. And he went there and then they told him, ban, don't even try it in Singapore. That's what he got. So, when in 1997, he he was, then he said, wow, you sneaked into Singapore. Huh? Then they said, all right, you know, we have checked, we have done all background checks and everything. We don't find anything wrong with your character or anything like that. So, we are... Thinking of awarding you a society, but you have to close down this society, this old society and we will give you a new society, but you should not be affiliated with ISKCON, you should not have any financial support from ISKCON or legal bindings with ISKCON worldwide. And so he said, okay fine, are you prepared to sign the document, yeah, so he signed. But then he asked, um, can I at least have the books of our Guru? Srila Prabhupada. Yeah, books is alright. They said, oh, wow, this is Krishna's arrangement. And he even thought, wow, even Iskhan also is not agreeing to, you know, that to this Ritwik thing. And to be, you know, not affiliated with Iskhan is maybe kind of a blessing even. So he thought and actually it turned out to be a blessing as we can see in hindsight. But so it happened like this and he started preaching. So, he closed down that society and then we, that's why our name is like that, Shri Krishna Mandir. We had to have a, we had to have a name of society, not iskon not Hare Krishna or something like that. So, that's how it became Shri Krishna Mandir, so which means Temple of Shri Krishna. So, that's how it all started, why we have this name, Shri Krishna Mandir. So, they asked him to choose his own name, but not Iskorn, Hare Krishna or something like that. So, he said, Shri Krishna Mandir and said, okay, all right, fine. <laughs> so, that's how it started. So, as long as we can have the books of Prabhupada, you know, it's it's a blessing in itself. So in that way, movement, the Hare Krishna movement, had become manifest in Singapore. Although Srila Prabhupada was not allowed here, but by his mercy, his movement is going on. And eventually, we were, he was waiting. Prabhu was waiting that his con would change. And in the meantime, he you know he collaborated with Madhupandit Prabhu. And actually, he knew Madhupandit Prabhu because of. A marriage that happened here of one of our devotees, and then the girl was from uh, the mataji was from Bangalore temple, and because they were this doing this matchmaking, and then that's how Prabhu also went there. And this Brahmachari wanted to get married and married, and then <clears throat> he went there. And in the course of meeting there, and then he showed this this whole retvic system. And Madhupanit Prabhu read it many times, and then he also was convinced and he also said, okay, I will also follow this, so like that and also already this Adridharan Prabhu, another disciple of Prabhupada, he, uh, from in, he was running the temple in Kolkata, Iskon Kolkata, so he also joined up, so these three temples were the big, you know, uh, it was a big progress at the time, you know, three ISKCON temples have walked out of the system and then um, accepted the Ritwik system, so this was the thing that, you know, if you can have more temples to agree to this and, you know, come back, come on to this, Following the system, then that would be the success, and that, that's what they thought would happen, and it would have been perfect if that happened. So, they were having these conferences with ISKCON leadership, and ISKCON leadership first they agreed to listen to the whole thing, and then they had these discussions and uh, they presented themselves. And then, everything was being, you know, um, whatever arguments they had, they were countered, and everything. So, in the end, they did not, they were not left with any strong arguments, but still they said that no. In fact, one of them said, how can this new disciples, you know, who are just joining now can be said as our God-brothers, you know. This had, um, you know, some meaningless pride and then they just didn't want to buy into this whole ritvik thing, ritvik um, procedure. So, in that way and over time, especially 1998, 2000 and even there was one convention here in Malaysia as well, it happened and Alachua. So, so Sunugopal Prabhu went there also, Alachua. And there was a meeting then in 1998 that was. That was the first meeting actually. Lot of ISKCON people came there. But in the one in Bombay, which Prabhu did not I think attend. But the one in Malaysia, he attended again. And there were not as many uh, representatives from the ISKCON side. So, it was, they did not want to hear this. So, anyway. So, that happened until 2000 around there. So, then after that, slowly 2000 i mean we were just waiting prabhu was waiting and the disciples in 1997 when he announced that he was Rathvik, then all the all his men who were disciples of different gurus and you know all this initiated by all these gurus they did not agree to this whole thing some of them agreed very few of them handful of them but the rest of them they did not agree and then they left they left the temple and I said no. We will just they were in their homes only, and then practicing like that. And over the years, over few years, then they started in some Hindu temples, having some programs. And after many years, then they have started having their own place, a small place, like that. So that's how they are doing it. They have I don't know, anyway, whatever is going on in there, I think nothing of our concern. But in our case, 2006 was when it was almost 10 years since the RITVik system has been, I mean, is out in the world. So, but Iskon was not even budging. In fact, they were growing stronger and stronger against it. And that's when Sunugopal Prabhu and even Madhupandit Prabhu, they had temples to run and they were devotees, trained up for so many years, but they were not getting initiated and they were waiting for the GBC to change and it was not happening. And it was just, you know, just waiting for nothing, hoping against hope. So then finally this... They, they realize that there is a need of initiation, we can't just wait indefinitely for this. And that will only make them stronger and stronger. So, we need to get this off the ground. So, then they had their meetings with their temples and then here also Prabhu had a meeting with our temples, our few temples that were there only like three or four temples at that time in Malaysia and in Singapore and um, he started initiating there in Bangalore and Sunda Prabhu started initiating here on behalf of Prabhupada and I was in the second such initiation ceremony. There was one on in February 2006 on Nityananda Prabhu, Nityananda Trayodasi and on the Gaurapurnima day in 2006 was when we were initiated along with Snukopal Prabhu's son at the time. Um, His wife had just passed away in 2005 at the time. So his son was about 15 years old and he became Brahmachari and um, uh, he was initiated when he was sixteen, I think, and then like that. And two other devotees also were initiated. bikash Prabhu, I think, who is also in the uh, audience here, and uh, also Ujjwal Prabhu, who is in Bangladesh now, preaching there. So we got initiated, Day two thousand six. And after that, it was it was going, and I mean initiations were going on. And uh, two thousand. Well, 11 actually. Then Prahlad Bhakta Prabhu, who was here since 2008, then um, he he went to Pondicherry, Puducherry in, in India and he started his preaching there in 2011. He was a software engineer here and then he got with our temple and then he went. So that was our first like uh, branching out. Hmm. So um, Puducherry was the first and then after that. It was still unstable at the time, then 2000, it was just starting out, I mean, so in then 2012, uh, we started with our first trip to New Zealand and actually, yeah, because they, 2011, May, I think, they came here, New Zealand devotees, and a group of devotees from New Zealand, they actually walked out from their temple when they came to know about the Catholic system, and then they did not know where to go, and then they found us, they actually went to Iskon Bangalore, but they were not treated nicely there. They were actually put aside and, you know, quarantined or something like that. They were not treated well and they were, actually, they went in in hope of cooperation and, you know, how to set up their thing in New Zealand and all that. But, and and we also had some similar experience. So, um, anyway, that happened in 2012. And uh, before that, actually, in 2010 or something, unnecessarily, there was some, that's why I don't want to mention many names because in the future if it, you know, if it comes to a place where again these groups of rithviks can cooperate with each other, that would be nice, you know. So unfortunately these things happened that somehow or other, uh, we, uh, until now we don't know why, but Iskand Bangalore, they distanced themselves with, from us. In fact there was one once an incident, anyway, I don't want to go too much into <laughs> personal incidences, but yeah so so because we want ultimately we want cooperation right so we don't hate those who actually want to follow Prabhupada but at the same time we just can't wait for everything to go nicely we just have to do it and you know by Prabhupada's mercy hopefully things will you know come into order eventually so um, yeah there was some you know somehow or other until now we can't understand why so there's been that distance so, the New Zealand devotees also felt the same thing and they came here and we started uh, co- uh, I mean, cooperating with them and then, we, in fact, we had trips to New Zealand and we had even Rathiyatras there, it was nice, but unfortunately, um, there were a few families actually, Grihastas there and only one of those families is now with us. <laughs> the others, especially due to that leader there, so that was also another um, not a very pleasant experience again, because they were not following, the th- th- main thing is this again, they were not following the sadhana, morning, no waking up, and no Mangala and only two Brahmacharis were doing it there, and now they are Mahasthas, and now actually they are with ISKM, only they were doing it then, and then they, they jumped ship, and then they are with us now. So, um, um, they were having these problems, and they were not reading properly, and no chanting, and even other things even sinful activities were happening there breaking of principles so that's why even eventually so one family came out Hanuman Prabhu who is now in New Zealand in Nelson and then also Chaitanya Leela Prabhu and Sankarshan Prabhu who are now in Australia and they are preaching there nicely so these things happen and we also on that in 2012 in the beginning we went to New Zealand and then in the mid-year we went to um, China and China we went because we wanted some these huge inflatable Jagannath because for our Rathya we wanted them done and then in China it was affordable and then we we, need to, we needed to communicate with them. The only problem was communication because we don't know the language. So we needed to find some Chinese devotees and we knew actually some Chinese devotees. But um, Sunugopal Prabhu actually was contacting the senior devotees there. Again, I don't want to mention names here. I want to keep it as you know, devoid of names as possible, but, uh, so there were some senior devotees there and Prabhupada wanted to, uh, sorry, sorry, what I am saying, so Nukhapal Prabhupada wanted to, um, you know, communicate with them and then, he was trying to push him or, you know, suggest to him that, you know, let's cooperate and then move the movement in China, because we already have a few dev- devotees and one of, the, actually the senior devotee was, uh, I mean, he, he, he accepts the system, but then he was not doing anything, he was just in Hong Kong, doing not doing nothing there and actually two of them two of such devotees there senior but then doing nothing no preaching and they were they were doing their own businesses and then and they were seen as senior devotees there and the chinese devotees they were under them so Prabhu was actually from 2006 itself he was trying to you know you know let's start something let's move this movement forward because ever since His wife passed away when he was 50 years old, 2005. You know, Prabhu took it as a blessing. Um, Of course, his wife was very cooperative, very nice. But then, um, since he passed away, what can be done? So, he took it as a blessing and said, no, now is the rest of my life should be traveling and preaching. And then, uh, that's how in 2006 onwards, he was always thinking, you know, where to go and how to preach and how to expand his movement and how to spread this Rhythmic system. So, in that way, it was going on. And, um, but the devotees were not doing anything and so in, the, in, the, in 2012 for that inflatable Jagannath, that big Jagannath 20 feet Jagannath Baldev Subhadra, I think you must have seen those in the photos of our Rathya Atra. So to make those, we went to China. So then we actually physically met them, the devotees. But the senior devotee was still in, in Hong Kong. But then we saw that the whole scene was very, everybody was just fighting among themselves although they were so called Ritviks then Prabhu saw the whole thing and said see, you need to buckle up in your sadhana and then he, because the whole problem why this infighting is because when there is passion and ignorance, these modes make us fight. When we are in the mode of goodness, we will not do this. So why we will be doing this uh, devotional service in the mode of passion and ignorance? Because the morning program which is, you know, which gets us to be in the mode of goodness that we are compromising with. So if we, you know, whenever anybody came to Prabhupada with a problem, then Prabhupada always said, are you chanting sixteen rounds? Are you following the four regulative principles? Are you following the Mangalarati? Are you reading my books? Are you doing the Sankirtan? So, these are the things he would, he would actually, before even going into the problem, he would see whether you are doing these things first. If you are doing these things, you should not be having a problem. That, that is the meaning. So, every time he would always judge a problem, I mean, judge, I mean, um, get an understanding of the problem by seeing whether who is following first. So always that, that is the main thing. So, when that doesn't happen, then everything just falls apart. We, can, we can't just move this movement or you know, preach externally without any internal strength. Purity is the force as Prabhupada said, the force is purity. So our own internal personal purification must be taken very seriously. If we have to be instruments of Krishna's plan and Prabhupada's plan, we have to be, you know, a knife is good but you know, if a knife is not sharp then we can't cut with it, right? The vegetables. So, if we want to be, if we just say we are instruments of Prabhupada, but don't do anything, we are like the blunt knife, we can't do anything. So, we have to sharpen ourselves, so that we can be an effective instrument of Prabhupada. Otherwise, we will not be an instrument, it's just lip service. right? So, therefore, our personal sharpening has to be there and therefore, our, our, we have to be a good instrument in Prabhupada's hands. So, we have to follow the rules of Prabhupada. So, so he set up this morning program, he said, do this first. So, in that way, China boomed. I mean, the devotees like, you know, it was suddenly, you know, all the devotees were united. Of course, there were some, you know, um, a rare few who wanted to be the controllers, who wanted to be the, who wanted to keep it suppressed because they just wanted to be known as senior devotees, but they don't do anything really substantial. So they were unhappy about it but the rest of the devotees were so enthused and that's where the whole thing started. And then the same thing happened in Philippines and um, similarly um, it slowly took over and then um, even in Philippines also we had the same experience that the senior devotee was not again following anything and he was not happy with our success even though he was so called Prabhupadanuga. He was not happy that preaching is going on now, there is a temple, no, he was not happy. He, in fact, until now, he is only doing us harm than any good. So, this is what I am saying. So, if somebody is preaching, everybody should cooperate with that. And, you know, not be envious of that. So, in that way, so preaching happened. And then, anyway, we, we, we went on anyway. With whoever wants to be part of the movement and dedicate their lives, we went on. So those who want to just complain and those who want to be envious, let them be what, we can, what can we do, what can we do. So we just went on and um, in other countries also it opened up eventually and Europe and Russia and, and um, we have of course a handful of devotees in America who are also communicating regularly with us um, but haven't, we don't have a temple yet, it hasn't come to that situation yet but in India of course, India it actually boomed even more. And then we have Amalapuram. We have a you know group in other you know other places as well. Even in Bengal, in Orissa, it's, it's moving. So in this way, we have a few. Um, and then in Bangladesh, some of our devotees went back from Singapore who were here, and they were trained. And then they went back and they started preaching there in Bangladesh. And um, where else? Um, yeah. In this way, we just reached out. And then in 2017. We had this, we released this IA 77 paper and the Ritwik video, we understood, I mean we have to get on the internet bandwagon and the social media, the, the media outreach, so let the message out and that's why we are having this live streams and all these things, let the message out and those who are sincere, those who want to follow, they can follow, it's up there, you can see, so in this way we are trying to reach out and that's how basically our plan and then who wants to get initiated and then of course everybody must be following and then eventually they get initiated, you know, of course, they have to follow and they have to show that they are following and that's how it has went, I mean, it has gone so far and that's how, on the, that's the principles on which we are cooperating. In the beginning, we tried cooperating with, you know, various, various, actually many, I mean, rhythmic associations, but what we saw was, yes, some devotees did join, but there was so much skepticism and no much... Uh, you know, just saying you know, Prabhupada is a Guru is not enough. I mean, when Prabhupada was there, um, also everybody was for Prabhupada, right? But there were so many disagreements going on, even within then. Because saying Prabhupada is the first step and then there has to be all the the good cooperation, the mood between Vaishnavas, all the, you know, the dealings, you know, the Preeti Lakshanam, you know, the nectar of instruction verse 4 and all these things have to happen and the training has to be proper, you know you know, we have to be, everything has to be, you know, the Vaishnava dealings must be proper. Mm, so, sometimes, you know, and, and then the following, of course, we have to follow our sadhana strictly. So, strict sadhana and, and the reading of philosophy is at the at the base of this whole thing. And then, there has to be Vaishnava dealings with properly established Vaishnavas. We can't just have a friendly relation with somebody who is not following the instruction. It, it will be impossible, because at one point of time, when we will find out, then... Definitely those who are following will suggest to those who are not following, please follow and then they will get upset about it and then, oh why why you are you not know, trying to control me or... Trying? It's not about that. I mean it's about following Prabhupada's instructions. So, they will become a rift. So, we just can't be artificially friendly. It has to come. Swajati means must be on the same standard. We have to all follow for our own good, for the, for, you know, for the good of the preaching and everything. So, then we can cooperate. And we can always cooperate, you know. Um so that has to be the base and that's where ISKM is coming from and that is what we offer and that's what that's how we want to serve Srila Prabhupada and all the sincere Vaishnavas who want to follow Srila Prabhupada. And we're also reaching out to those, you know, Iscon devotees and whoever you know can who can get in touch with this message and you know we have to reach out more far and wide and at the same time we have to preach to the newer people, not just try to preach to the ISKCON devotees, go out, book distribution and preach to the newer people, make more devotees that's 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 the whole thing so that's where IASKM is at now so basically that's what we are standing for and that's our service to everybody so kindly uh, sorry I have taken such a long time it was a long rant but how many of you are left here oh, still you are listening <laughs> okay thank you very much so now we will go into any questions that are there and then we will wrap up the session and basically that's the end of this Ritvik series you can always contact us through email or, or WhatsApp or Facebook and all these social media platforms. And that way we can stay connected and we can take this even further. Alright, so let's go to the questions. Vishnu Teja asks, Prabhu, how can we protect our eyes came from demons that want to infiltrate like in iskcon Well, as I said, we have to become strong in ourselves. The demons are not anywhere else but in our own hearts. The lust, anger, greed, the anarthas that are in our heart are the demons. So, as long as we clear those things, so we will be perfect. So, then we will know of course how to deal with anybody who wants to you know, infiltrate. If we are strong and together, there is nothing that can stop this movement. So, we have to be strong in our sadhana and we have to be together and we have to always introspect ourselves first. Before even we consider anybody else as demons, we should always think that I can be the demon. So, I have so many demonic tendencies in my, myself, so I need to clear my Uh, my own heart, the purification must happen. So then only can I serve Srila Prabhupada properly. So, we have to always concentrate on our own, uh, you know, mistakes. And then we will know, Krishna will give intelligence, Prabhupada will give us intelligence, how to conduct this whole mission. As Prabhupada said, Krishna can give us the whole world in 18 days, but, but, you know, um, um, are we ready? Are we ready for it? So are we ready to handle the glory? You know, so, glory means not our glory. It's, it's Prabhupada's glory, it's Krishna's glory, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's glory, but we need to serve that movement. If it, if it gets to that stage, can we handle all that? So we have to be, as Prabhupada said, purity is the force. So We need, we need to be pure. So, Virendra Prabhu is asking, I am reading his texts such as Bhagavad Gita as it is, Bhagavad Puran, and other texts. So, they are bona fide with respect to ISKM. So, my knowledge of his context is admissible to ISKM. No, it's not, I mean, it's Prabhupada's text, right? So, it's not, it's not anything wrong, you know. Hmm. We have to read Prabhupada's books. It's not ISKCON's books as in the Guru's books. Th- those books, yes, we, we should not read. I mean, you know, all those journey home and all that stuff, it's some rubbish. We are dead against that. But Prabhupada's books, yeah, we should read. And, um, yeah, so the Prabhupada's books we have to read. Uh, Chaitanya Chandra Prabhu. Question is, how Gaudiya deviated? How Gaudiya mat deviated? So, basically, Bhaktisiddhan saraswati Thakur did not um, name any Acharya that would uh, follow him. But, of course, he knew. He already said that. When time comes, he will do everything about Prabhupada. He said that. But then, he did not name a particular Acharya who will follow. He, can, he asked them to form a GPC and conduct the mission. So, who, Chai, Prabhupada says that whoever would come out self effulgent, he will be the next Acharya, you know, that's what Prabhupada, I mean, that's what Bakshidantha left. He did not leave a rhythmic system, but Prabhupada left a rhythmic system. So, um, so, that's how he, that happened. So, but they jumped on the bandwagon. Oh, no, no, there has to be some Guru, there has to be a successor. And they made somebody Gurus and then the whole thing fell and that's how it all fell apart in Gaudiya Mutt. And Chetana Chandra Prabhu is again asking, which software you are using to read those books online, please? Well, um, actually, when I do my personal reading, I use the original books um, in, in ebook format on my Kindle. Um, but for the reference and all these things, or for learning shlokas, you know, quick navigation, as when I have to show this on the screen like this here. This is Pocket Vedas. So, this is actually uh, the changed version of the books, but then you know that's the only tool available at the moment, so we will use this, um, so I mean most of it are the same, some minor differences are there, but to get a general understanding this is, this is good enough for now. So this is Pocket Vedas, this is the app that I use here and there is a Veda base which is on the laptop, but if I run that program along with the live streaming, my laptop is quite old five years old so it can heat up and it can hang and it can just die <laughs> so um i have been using that for years but just recently which just a few days i think maybe a couple of weeks ago i found out this this that i can use the ipad so i'm using this uh, this thing now so that's the app pocket Vedas, and there is another also veda base which is an app on the not only this is not only for ipad even android phones have it Pocket Vedas and VedaBase these two. So Pocket Vedas have about 13 books whereas VedaBase has books, conversations, lectures, everything, everything, letters, everything. But then the navigation is more smoother in Pocket Vedas whereas navigation in the VedaBase software is a bit uh, not not as friendly. Uh, Even in the VedaBase the iPad version or the Apple version is easier to navigate than the Android version but then you can still make do if you get used to it. So, yeah. So, these are the softwares that I use. So, Virendra Prabhu is asking, "Iscon devotees are firm to their Diksha Guru worship. How can we attract them to Ritwik system in ISKM? We can only take the horse to the trout but we cannot make it drink. So, we can just show the system. We can just show what is the truth. But then, if they don't want to accept, what can we do? That independence everybody has. Krishna is himself is coming and speaking Bhagavad Gita, but still there are so many millions of us who, you know, they don't follow, you know, they don't want to take it up. And so the independence is always there, whether they want to take it up or not, but we have to show it to as many as we can, these con devotees or even otherwise. So we have to show, but then uh, if they are sincere, they will, they will eventually come. And eventually, as we grow more and more we don't only concentrate on these con devotees, but also we preach to the new people. I mean, go out, book distribution and, you know, make new devotees and conduct programs, regular programs, weekly ones at least, you know, have a feast, Sunday feast kind of program and let them have, listen to Kirtan and uh, present everything properly and we have to have us ourselves, dresses, devotees and everything properly, like standard. And then uh, the Kirtan and prasadam and philosophy, in this way, get them to reading the books and all that, So all these things are necessary, so as we grow in number, as we grow in size, eventually they will notice us and you know, there are many in ISKCON now who are just sitting on the fence, they understand that there is a big problem in ISKCON but they can't move out because they don't have anywhere else to go and they don't have the strength to, they can't muster up the strength to start something on their own, they feel so weak or alone or something like that, demoralized, so just staying put with the whole thing. If they find a viable solid alternative then definitely they will be you know attracted to this and so if they are and if so those people will only join at a later stage of growth so it takes a lot of guts and courage to join something at a very nascent stage at a very beginning stage because it takes a lot of work a lot of sacrifice a lot of surrender to move the movement from scratch you know when Prabhupada it's easy, to, I mean, it's easy to join the ISKCON movement now and you know, be taken care of by the temple authorities and you know, have every facility and everything. But just imagine how Prabhupada started it all. I mean, he went alone, he suffered a ha- two heart attacks massive in the, on the ship. And then he went there and he was, I mean, he always said, I'm at the fag end of my life, old man, strange, in a strange place. And never, it's a cultural shock for him. He, never, he, ne- he has never been outside India. Until then, for the, all his life, and then now he's in a place where it's completely different from what India is. And then he has to preach there, and nobody knows I mean whether he would even last there and the cold would might, might kill him or anything might happen, you know. And that amount of sacrifice, risk, and surrender, that is what got this movement to this place that it is. And the Ikan gurus are just riding on that wave you know, of that, that opulence that ISKCON has now. But then, to again start this whole, you know, rhythmic system from scratch, again, there will be a lot of sacrifices. So, there will be so many difficulties. As Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, there will be uh, the one who surrendered to Krishna, his life, his path is set with thorns. It will not be a smooth journey. So, we need to, we need to be ready for that. Anything for Prabhupada, anything for Krishna should be our, should be our mindset. It's not that I want to be, what I will get if I join Ritwik's, what I will get if I join ISKM. No, you are not going to get anything. What are you are going to get? We are not even thinking about it. What we need to think is, what I can do for Prabhupada? It's not what I will get. No, what can we do to Prabhupada, for Prabhupada? So what service I can do? So that is the whole. If disciple means, uh, what is that? Um, Brahmachari Gurukule hitam. You know what is Guru Hitam? Only for the sake of Guru. 7.12.1. Guru hitam You see this Guru What is this Guru Hitam? Only for the benefit of the Guru, not for one's own benefit. Not one's personal benefit. So that should be our mood. So what I can do? Yeah. Anything, any inconvenience I want to. I am prepared to undergo for Prabhupada. So, that should be the mood. So, whether one is a Brahmachari, Grihastha, it's not only for Brahmachari. Brahmachari, what is the definition of Brahmachari? Not just one who is in a saffron cloth or, you know, celibate. iti Brahmachari. One who walks the path of spiritual life is a Brahmachari, actually. Of course, there is Brahmachari Ashram. But, any disciple should be like this. Whoever is a disciple of the Guru, I mean, the, the real Guru, bonafide spiritual master, he has to be like this, as a brahmachari mood, you know, I have to be guru or hitam, even a grahastha, even a sannyasi, whatever it is, so guru or hitam, only for the per- benefit of the guru, so what can I do, dasavat, see Narad Muni said, a, co- a student should practice completely controlling the senses, he should be submissive and should have an attitude of firm friendship for the spiritual master, with a great vow, the brahmachari should live at the gurukul only for the benefit of the guru, of course, the Grihasthas cannot live at Gurukul; they will live at house. But still, only for the benefit of Guru. Sannyasis, they will travel and preach again, only for the benefit of Guru. Just like Prabhupada, my Guru Maharaj ordered me to preach in the English-speaking world. I will go. Sannyasi went. So that is guru or hitam. So what can I do for Prabhupada? So that mood will actually, um, you know, be successful. You know, that will actually got, get results. And even if it doesn't get results, just do it. You just have to do it. By mercy of Prabhupada and Krishna, it will all manifest. How will it manifest? What will happen? Who knows? You know, Prabhupada, when he went to America, he just went. His visa only lasted one month. With that one month visa, he went to America. What what assurance of a future there was in America when Prabhupada went there? There was nothing. But Krishna's assurance will be there. So we just can't calculate materially. Yes, there have to be some calculated moves, but then the rest we have to depend on Krishna for. That is called hope. Hmm. exequil from Philippines. He's asking, Can I can one get initiated even one is who is still associated with a non devotee? You mean in the sense of you are working with them or your job entails you to work with them or something. I don't know how you are meaning this. But we should just associate with them as much as is just necessary for that work if you are working with them and then not have intimate connections. If you can preach to him Krishna consciousness, oh well and good. But if you can't or if he somehow against the whole thing then just deal with him officially, cordially and then keep away. Just as you would go and in a market you would you would ask the person how much is this and you know and then you that is talking also but that's not you are not associating with the shopkeeper you are just buying whatever you want and whatever how much ever is necessary for that dealing that's it and then come out but prithi lakshanam the, the, the symptoms of affection the symptoms of you know like when you have best friends right there, there is you know you reveal your mind and you know you share your, your you know all that that is has to be done with the devotees So that means association. If you just officially cordially deal for that work, that is not really association. Association means when you get influenced by their association and you become close to them and start to accept their qualities. You invariably will if you, I mean we invariably, not just, uh, not you, every one of us, I mean we all, if we associate with them intimately, then we invariably will imbibe those qualities. So we should try to help them can't then just, you know, just official cordial and then come out. So, if you can do that and associate more with devotees, yeah, we can get initiated, why not? Anybody who is following all the rules of Prabhupada, sixteen rounds, following four regular principles, Mangalarthi, eating only Krishna Prasadam, yeah, you can become initiated. But of course, they have to be um, recommended by authority, like Prabhupada also, he took the recommendation of the temple presidents so like that there has to be some what is that called uh, accountability accountability is a must so that is also necessary hmm? so virendra prabhu asks uh, why the 11 ritviks appointed by shri prabhupada became gurus after the demise of prabhupada uh, how can ritviks transform into self appointed gurus in iskon what or how come ritviks transform into that's what they just speculated on the order they just they just thought now is eleven, now we, automatically after Prabhupada's passing away, we will become Gurus. So they just assumed, is their assumption, so the whole thing was built on assumption. Then, um, Krishna Smaranam Prabhu, oh he's from USA, wow. <laughs> Should the GBC be considered responsible for some of the calamities of this present time? Well, <laughs> this coronavirus, yeah, I mean, I cannot say entirely, but definitely to some, to some degree, you know, because the only reason why these things happen is because of lack of Krishna consciousness. But then again, there will be people who are always demoniac and they will not join. But at least, if our movement grows and grows and grows more, there will be more chance of more people joining. And that was definitely hampered by unnecessarily undermining the movement by introducing the Guru hoax within his con. So in that way, yeah, so there is some degree of definitely some degree of uh, involvement in this. That's why it's jiva himsana. As long as we don't preach Krishna consciousness, it is jiva himsana. We are committing violence. We are committing violence. So, yeah, there is. If we don't execute the order of the spiritual master, we are committing violence to every single living entity on the planet. Oni Prabhu from Bangladesh. In which class does a Prakrit Bhakta belong? Oh, again, this was the answered. So, it's a third class devotee. If he's not careful, he can fall down. But if he's careful, then he becomes second class and first class. Ayyapa Prabhu, Is Shiv Mandir a North Indian organization that Prabhu brought? No, I mean, you know. You know, it was just a circumstantial whatever. Shiv Mandir. Oh, okay, okay, now I understand. Is Shiv Mandir a North, a North Indian, North Indian organization? ah uh, i think so probably i don't know what was the first Ritwik initiated disciple from silaproba uh, from 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 Sundugopal Prabhupada? prabhu okay who was that yeah actually that person is no more with us he's left he's kind of with us but doesn't come so often he's there i think still giving donations um, he's still there but um, <coughs> yeah uh virend uh, anyway i don't want to name names because i don't want to them to feel bad because we want to keep the doors open you know they want to if they want to come back if they want to change their ways you know if they want to cooperate again he's he's, he's not against us actually but he's just that he's not been coming for very long That's, yeah so um, virendra prabhu can i become a full time brahmachari and ritvik system under the guidance of senior temple devotees most definitely yeah most definitely we want many, 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 many thousands of such <laughs> dedicated devotees and uh, that will be, you know, you know, that is, that is what we want to, you know, <laughs> we need many thousands of people to move, push this movement forward. You are most welcome Prabhuji, Viryendra Prabhu. So, you can contact uh, your near, nearest, I think you are from India, if not wrong. So, you can contact Prahlad Prabhu there. You can always, I mean, you can also stay in touch with me. I think you did send me probably a friend request not sure i need to see back again i don't get time much to go into that facebook much but yeah we, we can always stay connected and uh, kunal jaiswal Prabhu when kirtan program will commence in kirtan program in singapore kirtan program what is that or maybe he's asking about the sunday program oh we have to wait for the for the covid 19 um, I mean, those quarantine to lift, to be lifted. So until then, we can't have a program at this point. The authorities have that's why our doors are closed, completely closed for the public. Has been closed since sixth of April, here. So ever since we have been closed, so we have to wait for the situation to subside. So until then, we can't even say when we'll <laughs> be open. But you can always join us in these classes every day. Is it possible to use PrabhupadaBooks.com website when an individual gives a lecture? How it differed from Pocket Vedas? Okay. Um, The navigation is very difficult. The navigation is not as fast as this. And the Pocket Vedas app lives locally on the the device. And whereas the PrabhupadaBooks is online. So each time we go to a next verse, it has to go and load up that page and when we're connected to the internet here, I mean like in the live stream, you will only understand this problem when you're live streaming that because so much bandwidth is taken by the live streaming, the devices somehow take very long. If, it, if I was not live streaming, the pages would load up faster. Actually, I do use that PrabhupadaBooks.com all the time. Whenever I want to take any reference, I take from there. But then um, when I'm live streaming, it takes so long to load up a page. I think if you have joined me in um, in the earlier sessions of strengthening foundations you would have seen or how this screen was all getting stuck you know it was all not as smooth as it is now why it is so smooth these past few sessions is because i've been using this system everything is locally here and the internet is only being used for live streaming and no other bandwidth is used for anything else and that's how it is smooth so so yeah these are some of the things that need to be ironed out so and also uh you know, like if, if I want to show some verse, just now like I showed from 11.236 or some Mukundamala Stotra, they are not again available in that. Prabhupada Books.com I have to again go back to this Vedabase again. So these things are there. So that's the reason why we use this. Basically because of the speed. Then we have Chaitanya Chandra Prabhu asking, Prabhu, you didn't answer question how Gaudiya failed falls down and how, because every Acharya and Gaudiya did his part and create his mission, how it was failed? Uh, how did Gaudiya Mutt fail or how did Gaudiya Acharya fail? I don't understand now, what is the question? Uh, I don't really understand. I answered the question why Gaudiya Mutt failed, because they did not take the order of their spiritual master. Um, I thought that was the question, but if that's not the question, I don't still understand the question properly. Then again Chaitanya Chandra Prabhu asked another question. I have a question, why sixteen rounds? Can I chant two rounds and is enough? No. Because Sri Prabhupada says sixteen rounds, we have to chant sixteen rounds. The Acharya gives the rules, we don't make the rules, we can't make our own rules. In fact, sixteen rounds is the minimum. In fact, the, the real standard is all the time chanting, That should be the real thing. If I want to bring down the chanting means, I have no taste for chanting. I have to increase my taste, not bring the level down. I have to rise to the level. Mm. So, I can't make it substandard. I have to rise to the standard. So, what Acharya says, that we have to follow. We can't invent our own rules. Because these are the bona fide, we have already gone through that. It's late. ten thirty-one. We have already gone through that many times. Canto 10, Chapter 2, Text 31 chanting sixteen down and following four principles, these are bona fide instructions Prabhupada said there in the purport. So, we have to follow the Acharya's directions. Then Ayapa Prabhu is asking, Hare Krishna Prabhu, I wish to have a live Japa session with you and Sunagopal Prabhu. Well, by the time you will be sleeping. It's, uh, we do live Japa here, what? Sunagopal Prabhu wakes up at 2.30, you will be 12 12 p.m. I mean, 12 a.m. midnight then for you. It's not practical, just do live wherever you are. I mean, let's just do Japa wherever you are. And... You know, it's not about that. We just have to do our own programs, you know. <clears throat> Virindra Prabhu, I, I use Gita base of ISCON for texts. Is it okay? I think it is okay. The only thing is, I think what I have seen in the Gita base, uh I may be wrong, I may be wrong because I used it very, very long, many years ago. The diacritic marks were not there at that time. Maybe now they are there. Whatever, if you you are in access of Prabhupada's books, you can use that, Uh, nothing against that. Alright, I think with that, I will wrap up the session. Thank you all for attending this session for so long, 3 hours. So, thank you very much, Shri Prabhupada. Tomorrow we will start a new series. I think Ishopanishad will be the next topic. Um, That's what I am thinking. Yeah, we will start with Ishopanishad, And then, yeah, I have other plans. So we will try to keep this daily sessions going. Those will be not as long because these Rithvik sessions especially was very important and a lot of questions as well. So it was long. I'm sorry for taking so much time but more, those sessions won't be as long. We will try to finish them at 9.15 p.m. here in Singapore and take questions and then that's it. If anything, then we can always go to the next day. So we'll go like that. Alright, so thank you very much. Śrīla Prabhupād ki Jai, ki Jai. श्रीराधा मदन मोहन की जय नेताएं गौर प्रेमानंदे हरि हरि बोल हरे कृष्णा